This is an appeal for Our Lady's Children's Hospital. Each year, many children are in hospital over the holidays. You can help make their stay that little bit easier. You can find a list of toys to donate on the Crumlin United Facebook page and the Bluebell United Instagram account. Also, for €100, Euro, you can have a special gift hand-delivered to a sick child by Santa Claus. Please get in touch. Thank you for your support. And you're listening to The Mixer, and that is an important message that we're going to talk about now over the next couple of minutes. The reason we put that as the intro is because not everyone's going to listen to the full podcast, and that is the first message we want to get out. I'm here with Steve and Gaz, and I'm Eric, and this is Season 2, Episode 7. How is lads? How is it going on? Hello, hello, hello. So, tell me about this appeal, Gaz. Uh, yeah, so um, Shane Carlisle, the manager of uh, Crumb United Saturday team, he, uh, Charlo, as everyone would know him, he messaged me the other night. Um, I've seen him do the appeal over the last couple of years, didn't really know much about it, but he texted me saying any chance uh, that the club could help out. So, one of the ways you can help out is if you have like a clubhouse or whatever, you could put up a Christmas tree and then people can come and leave presents under the, under the tree and then it all gets collected up at a certain date and then it gets brought to the hospital. There's a list of um, toys, which if you go on to the Twitter, you've shared uh, a list of toys that you can get for different ages and stuff like that. Um, it's for the Heart Ward in Crumlin Hospital. And I kind of chatted to him about it over the phone, and we have that then as well. Yeah, so you might jump into that now, because I know you haven't heard this day yet. So no, this is the so. the chat you had earlier with Charlo. Yeah. Right, so we'll jump straight into that, and we'll be back to you in a second. And I'm chatting to Shane Carlyle, <coughs> uh, or Charlo, as people will know him from Crumlinoya. He's the Saturday side manager there. Um, we are talking about something that's a little bit more important than football, which is health. And in this instance, um, it's Crumlin's Children's Hospital. Uh, which Charlo does some work for every year. I think it's the Heart Ward. Um, but Charlo, if you want to give us an introduction into what you're doing and maybe tell us why you do it, and uh, we can take it from there. Cheers. Well, yeah, yeah. We set up um, Ellie's Crumb Christmas Pale four years ago with the help of Crumb United Football Club, whereby people of the community donate toys for their Ladies Heart Ward. The, the idea came about um, as a daughter, Ellie, required open heart surgery five years ago. Age four months, things didn't go too well. Ended up on a life support, spent many months in the hospital. Um, and when at the time, Ellie's older brother, Alex, was worried about how she'd get to see Business Andy for her first Christmas. And that was where the idea came from. And we decided that as soon as Ellie got better, we would bring Sandy to the ward to bring happiness to kids. And thanks to for the amazing work they do, which is where the appeal came about. Each year, appeal has grown with more and more clubs, community becoming involved. Even Crumlin's biggest Royals Bluebell has collected for appeal the past two years. What's on board this year is a uh, Crumlin United Football Club, Bluebell, the Assumption Primary School, and the Ashley Shopping Centre in Crumlin. All have trees in place where people can drop off toy donations as you deliver to all the hard work for Santi on Sunday 22nd. Uh, more info about all that is on Crumlin United's Facebook page and Bluebell's Instagram page. If any other clubs or anyone else would like to get involved and give us a dig out, it would be great. 
plus Paul Donnelly and Serena Bork. Um, huge, huge um, help they give towards helping me and Elaine ourselves uh, organise things, events for the kids and all. So without them, it couldn't be done either. Like uh, a little thing I added to it last year was that um, I'd get donations of some certain people that I knew, like a hundred quid, and that hundred quid would be spent on the specific pe- uh, present that that child wanted in that ward. Like there's twenty twenty rooms. Um, some years it could be full, some years it could be five, some years it could be six. It all depends on wh- whichever it is. But um, like yourself and I think it was uh, the Transport Club Committee and um, James Gay um, have donated um, money towards it this year. So um, each, it, I'd say I'd give you probably room one and two, which that, that'd be our 200 quid. Um, that'd be 100 quid each for each child. We get the present that we specifically want and that'd be delivered to by Santi to them. So thanks for that. It means, means an awful lot. And once again, if, if anyone would like to really help out with that either, that, that'd be great. They said just get in contact with yourself or um, myself um, and we can organise that. Like your, your name will get put up on the Crummy United Facebook page and you'll get a picture of what toy's been bought and what room it's going towards. Yes, yeah, so that was guys talking to Shane Carlyle. Yeah. Charlo, yeah. Charlo. Just call him Charlo I'm mixed up there. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a, that's a great cause. And yeah. that actual recording at the start, I was just kind of messing around recording beforehand and I just wanted to try out different types of recording and I ended up making that and the lads thought it was good. I was a bit nervous putting it out, but I, thought, I think it sounds good yeah, in the end. Good, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I think it sounds a good message, to be honest. Yeah, well, it is. It's definitely a good message and... After I recorded that, I sent the interview over to the, the Albury board and we're going to donate, donate as well. So Brilliant. I would urge any clubs in a position to be able to donate to this, to just get in touch with either us or Crumlin or Bluebell and we'll point you in the right direction yeah. and make sure you um, your so, donation gets there. So what we've done at Transport, the, uh, the committee members have all put in money. Um, so we were able to raise up the €100. Euro, so in total, we're giving €200. Euro. And that'll cover two rooms. So like you don't have to, as Charlie put it to me, you don't have to pay a hundred euro on your own. It could be ten years paying ten euro each, yeah, or yeah. you could have twenty people paying a fiver each, or whatever way you want to do it. But it's a handy way of donating, and it's obviously going to a good. Yeah, I have to say, cost. fair play to it's a, it's a great that they're doing, isn't yeah. it? It's great to see again, like the the rivalry is taking off. It doesn't like yeah, you know, playing no, very 100%. well. Yeah, it's great, like fair play. Well, it, they're either turning uh, something negative into something yeah. really positive as well. True football you know? as well. Yeah, you know? brilliant. Yeah. So uh, best of luck with it, anyway, Charlo. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, it's great. And even though you're not in a position, uh, well, us, we're not in a position to be able to put a Christmas tree up somewhere unless you want to stick it in the middle of Aylesbury Park. <laughs> you can still donate your your hundred yeah, quid. Exactly, to yeah, exactly. Yeah. We 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 couldn't really put a Christmas tree up. It was just a bit awkward. Even though we have the clubhouse, it's not. Wouldn't be safe in Crumlin. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be just loads of baubles left on the ground. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to get in touch, send us a message. We'll point you in the right direction. Um, yeah. So uh, catch gr- catch me on Twitter or Charlo is Charlo Shine at Charlo Shine or at Mouthy Badger or at, at Mixer Podcast and we'll we'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, so it's been a big week for us on Twitter. We hit 900 followers since we started, what, about a year ago? Nine, 900 followers that were from zero straight the way up unpaid gotten <laughs> all, all by ourselves no sponsored posts no nothing we just 
dug deep and we, we got there. So I'm very happy with 900 followers. Thanks to everyone who well who likes and follows the page. And <laughs> 900 dopes. That's, that's great, no, yeah. No, 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 no. 896 dopes and us four. There's only three of us here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for saying that. No, ah, no cheers. Good, like, it's thanks good. so much for following the page. Really appreciate it. Just keep growing, doesn't it? This podcast yeah. keeps growing. Yeah, and we're getting good feedback as well at yeah, the moment. Wanted, like, the, um, I really enjoyed the uh, James Claflin podcast last week. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I really actually enjoyed talking to him. I felt like I was a bit like in a class. I don't know if mm-hmm. you listen to it, you can kind of hear him say every now and again, and Eric. <laughs> and then there's a good point you touched on earlier. He's kind of keeping you interested he's the whole uh, time when he's talking. You can tell he's used to talking to he's, people. He's, I, I, Mick put me onto him about a year ago. Mick put me on to the podcast he did with... Uh, Dan Abrams. Yes, he put me on to that and it really made me think how I manage the lads. I've, I suppose I have a bit of a reputation of being you know, hard-nosed a bit when it comes down to managing. And I'm not missing, I went into this season with the whole mindset of I'm going to put the player, I'm going to put the person now you're in a relegation ban. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, I said to myself I was going to put the... Uh, person before the player yeah. and I've gone that way about it I suppose it makes me sleep better at night. something something that uh, something that st- stood with me what that he was talking about was uh, thinking about what you say yeah and how that message can be interpreted by by people or like you could say something to a group and everybody in that group interprets different and some of them can take it personal, or someone can think someone in the group. If you say an open an open message to a group of players, someone in that group can think, "Oh, he's talking about me." Yeah, and I suppose it makes you think about maybe what way you're what, what you're awarding and yeah. what you're saying. And that that was I liked. I suppose I liked his example, like you know about that fella. Why are you late? Why are you late? You know I'm gonna make him yeah. be on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you turn around, the fellas had a hard, like, literally, he's probably one of the hardest days, starting out in the morning, you know. And that just makes you think when you're hammering a lad, why are you late to train? Get up to train. Leave the bleeding fella alone, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, as James said, go and ask him, mm. you know, see if you can help him. And that's, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a lot, I'd be rather going down that road as a manager mm. than I would the way I was previous seasons. And yeah. if that means we don't win loads of trophies and so be it I, th- I think the unfortunate thing as well is it could be one in ten you know yeah. like, so you'll have ten fellas that are late yeah. and it's the tenth fella that you can out of it yeah. who has something wrong at home or yeah. who's struggling with something and then you know what I mean you've let the nine of our lads over the weeks start late and you've said nothing and then it's the, yeah. the straw that broke the camel's back no, and then it's He's very good now. It was a uh, fair play, Eric. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was very good. Very, very good. Yeah, so thanks very much to James Claffey as well for doing that interview with us. And I do hope he takes the offer up and actually comes on one week. Well, I can imagine he'd be the kind of person or if he walked into the studio now. We'd all just sit there and listen. Well, I would think, I think we'd quite, a, you'd, you'd quite a sit up straight. You'd it's listen. Like, he's watching me like... I, I kind of find, when Mick put me onto him last year, I became a bit of a fanboy of him. <laughs> <laughs> following yeah. everything. The, the only thing is, we wouldn't be sitting here when he arrived because that would mean he's late and he wouldn't be late. He'd be here before us, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be setting up your equipment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, That's my seat, James. <laughs> I'll just, it's okay. I, I, I'll just wait over here. He's, uh, he's a busy life, isn't he? He's, uh, he's flat out in fairness. I didn't realise he lived down in Cork, to be honest. Yeah, I, that was him. a surprise to me. I thought he was up here 
because I knew he was he was uh, coaching Pierce College. So yeah. I just assumed. Yeah, he was still. But that's but the, the, yeah, you got this is an example. Like we all think, oh, geez, we've mad lives. And look, then someone else is mm. has literally has twice as much going on. Yeah, but, but it's it's sorry, the co- like, oh, it's funny. He's busy, but everything that he's doing. He, he's enjoying yeah but he's also everything he's doing is helping other people yeah you know but like everything he's doing he's enjoying like it's it's not as if like a lot of the stuff that I do I don't enjoy like going to work 8 hours of, the, out of, out of my life I don't enjoy where he's he's going to work he's coaching he's doing this and doing mm. that as well he's got to find something that he's really really interested in and yeah fair play to him how about you like doing the mixer this is a walk, pal. <laughs> this is a hobby. It's for Eric. This is a hobby. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I spent the best part of the afternoon and it's a, and a big <laughs> list of stuff to do and a really, like, stuff I needed to get done for work and then it's what, it's like, I've done all this editing, I look at the clock, I was like, right, forget about that whole list of things, I spent six hours. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about football? Yeah, nearly, nearly, we're nearly at football. Right. Um, just to celebrate our 900 followers, yes. uh, the nice guys at Ballon Sports have donated 100 euro voucher to the podcast and that's going to be given away to one lucky listener who likes and shares our twitter post and answers a question later on in the podcast also to come on this episode we have an interview from sacred heart fairhouse clover I nearly say fairhouse caramel there <laughs> sacred heart fairhouse clover's paul o'brien and he's got a very lengthy interview with gaz and it's it's a fairly long one but Nobody realised it was that long until they actually put it all together. Yeah. And it's, it's a very enjoyable listen, and what they're doing up in Sacred Heart is class. Mm-hmm. So that's coming a little bit later on, and we also have match reports from the VEC Glass Nine game, and we are going to talk about some transfer window stuff, some AUL stuff, and LSL, UCFL, the usual crack. So transfer window starting up now, Yeah, December. Busy, busy time for Stephen. No. No? No, actually, funny enough, I kind of... I signed three lads two weeks ago. That was it. That's all I needed to do. I um, I yeah, uh, I got a phone call yesterday about uh, one of the lads. Uh, basically, was told, "Oh, there's another club chasing one of your lads." Just to let you know. So I rang that player. Um, what's the story? Just let me. If you're gonna go, let me know. He says, "I'm not going anywhere." Yeah, fairly happy. I was like, "Grand, no better." So look, if a player wants to go, he's gonna go, guys. It's not something you can really worry about as a manager. Um and I'm all the other clubs out there. If I want in my life, I won't be chasing your players. So if he's, if he's gonna go, he's gonna go. I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's it's um transfer windows. It's great if you like if you need it, but I kind of feel like I don't want to be talking about my team or anything like that. But I kind of feel we were only getting, but we're only getting going now. Yeah, and you could see it. I could see. I got a few. I got a few lads have gone. A few lads who just didn't fit fit in well with our team. They're gone. I got lads in who are just. I suppose they they suit us better. They suit how they suit the lads better. So it, it does. Um, it definitely. Uh, my my transfer window was two three weeks ago. So that's it. Yeah. Unless anyone goes, look if I if one or two goes, which which nobody has indicated to me yet. Um, well, that's the thing. Some some of them will just some of them you won't see it coming. Yeah, and then. Some you expect to go, won't go, and then some you, you be, don't be, expect to go. You'd be hoping that, um, especially I don't know, I don't know what it's like. At, uh, I suppose it'd be a bit. You'd hoping that your players are a bit open and honest, like mm. I would be with them. Like you know, if they're gonna go, at least have the decency to let me know. And if not, sure. Look, best of luck. I suppose yeah. I, have a, I have a couple of questions for you. Both of you is about um, 
around the transfer window, and, and your right leg is bouncing off that floor every couple of minutes. Steve, still ahead. It's me. Go ahead. Anyway, just so I suppose Steve as a manager and Gaz as a player. So yeah. just a couple of questions, right? So has the transfer window ever worried you as a manager? No, I'm not talking specifically the club manager. I mean, as a manager, I don't want any specifics about the club because don't want to go down that road. No. Um, but as a manager, were you ever worried about a transfer window coming up, either your players going or not being able to get the players you need? Yes. So I would go back to, again, I don't look at, how do you not talk about your club when you ask me about a transfer thing? Oh, it's okay to yeah. talk about. No, so I would talk about so Anto Croyne for us, yeah, our top goal scorer for three seasons in a row. Every transfer window, I'm sure top level, I'd say a few top level Enza senior teams would be onto Anto, and I know he's a little bit older, and definitely all the UCFL local teams would be onto Anto. And you're thinking to yourself like, oh, if we lose him, that's thirty goals out of your team. Mm. Anyone else? I think I, I find that our lads are very loyal. You know, they are very loyal. Um, but do I worry? I'd probably worry, you know yourself, if, especially when you're posting on your social media. Like, and, like that goes around. And I've picked up players through that. And I've done mm. that. And like, So I can't sit here and say, oh, like, oh, yeah, the club shouldn't be on. They're, they're, they're not doing that wrong. No, they're not. Because doing, it's yes. nothing you haven't done. No. It, and it's I mean, just the way it, football that's is. That's how football is. Like, if you're putting up that your top goal scorer has so many goals in a season, obviously I'm going to say, Jesus, he's worth a text. Yeah. And why like yeah, and every yeah. other club has the right to do that to my players. Yeah. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think it'd be foolish to think that doesn't happen. And all you can hope for actually I don't know if I can I'll actually I'll, I'll uh, here's a prime example. I had uh, another club text me about one of my lads, one of the lads who's busy at the moment, he's not in the team and he texts me saying, Look, any chance I can get him down? And I said, uh, Look, I said, you text him over the summer, so what's stopping you from going again? You never asked me. And he was like, okay. So he sent the message, and he said, oh, he said no. He sent me back to reply. No, he's busy just till Christmas. He's going to get himself back into the team. He sent me the screenshot of that. This other manager. And I said to my player, I said, fair play. Showed a bit of loyalty. So you're hoping that your players have a bit of loyalty, yeah. you know, even if they're not playing, you know. Yeah. So, But as a player, oh, I don't know. It's different. Yeah, was there... So just moving on to a player. So as a manager, you'd be more comfortable when there's not a transfer window. That's what you're going to say. Yeah, I, I would. Unless you're unless you're struggling, I think. And if you're struggling, you're looking for the window coming, and you're thinking, I need, I need, I need three or four bodies here. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think it depends on. But I haven't said that last year at Transport. I think the transfer window probably won us the league in the end because we were able to bring in five lads, all starters in the end. Like when you fast forward to May. All the all the the five people that we brought in st- were starting. Yeah, and when uh, we were going to win the league on the on the last day or the last couple of days of the season, you know. And that's the thing I would kind of like. We brought in players in the summer who I was think were going to strengthen us. Yeah. And of six of them players, have a guess who many are even still left? Two, two. I'm very good at yeah. guessing. By the way, so two <laughs> lads. So prepared. the t- so the two lads who who out of six, four have gone. Yeah, just. They don't suit us. They didn't fit in. They, for one reason or another. Yeah. So, like, so I was no, thinking, it does happen. and that's what I was thinking. I've six new lads down. Lovely, that that'll strengthen us. And then four players don't work out. So, and then obviously we had a terrible start to the season. We're not like I said. We only feel like we're getting going now. But then I bring in the three lads two three weeks ago, and all of a sudden we look 
we look very good. We look yeah. very strong. The team, the group of lads seem way better. The, the the morale is better, you know. And never mind like the results, but you can see that in the training and the intensities back there, you mm. know yourself. And that makes a massive difference. So I, I, the transfer window is good to, to obviously, if you need it. Yeah. And we kind of need it at the yeah. moment. And if you don't need it, it can be a hindrance yes. as well. Then. Yeah. There's definitely two sides. Yeah, that, it's, like anything, I it's hard. Like, like, put it this way. I'd be a lot happier when it shuts and I don't lose a player. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And as a player, guys, right, so you're playing to your season. I don't know um, how often you play or 90 minutes every week or how do you go, but how worried would you be as a player that the club can turn around and sign someone in your position no, over the window? No, I, I don't be worried about that, but I, I have, like, I've moved a couple of times in January or, well, December. Uh, you're a tracksuit collector? No, no, I've, I've had to come here. I've had loads of clubs, um, but... Like when I was at Lizardale years ago, I was went from playing at the back end of the season. I played the whole way through playing right wing, um, and then started the next season. New manager came in. He was like, "I want you to play left wing. Don't like playing left wing. I like playing right wing. I'm left footed. I like having the whole pitch to 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 cut in. I like having the the whole view of the pitch. I always felt left wing." You can only go outside. It wasn't my game. But I didn't like it. So we had a conversation with him. I said, I don't like playing left wing. He was adamant. No, you're not playing anywhere else. Okay, so I was in now the team then. Starting one week. Didn't play great. Well, that's what I was going to say. If the he's next play, week. He's playing you a position. You're not going to have a great game if you're not yeah, happy. Well, it, so. was, it was every time, right, left wing. You know, head was down straight away. Yeah. Then there was two of us, me and my mate, two of us were about left forward. He was playing, he was playing one week, I was playing next week. I said, no, fuck this. Left in January. Our physio actually. You're not warned about that language. Sorry. <laughs> Our physio actually was a physio for another team. And he was like, well, why don't you come to go with the time? So I went, all right, went time in Celtic. Time in Celtic. Uh, straight away, went up. Yeah, where do you want to play? I said, right wing. Okay. Grant played right wing for six months, one 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 B. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed and it. That's there. A, like 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 I, I, I was a player, so I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Like you, you, if you're not happy in the team or you're not happy where you're being played yeah. and someone offers you the chance to play where you're happy or someone offers you a game every week. Sure. You, yeah. Like you're a football player, you want to be playing. So like well we were in senior one in a bit Lizardale so dropped down two leagues mm. won that league went up to senior 1A uh, a lot of players left I don't know why and what happened was January again I left went to Francis who were in the same league as us um, the reason I left then was because we only had six six to eight players trying from I was just like what is going on but this is a team that's won, won come up won the, winning the league like Six to eight lads training all the time. That's yeah. just not for me. Yeah. Played against Francis in the league. Um, played well against them. And then after that, the manager was ringing us to come up. And I knew I knew one or two of the players that were there. So they passed on the number or whatever. So I went up there, played till the end of the season. And then I can't remember where I went then. Eric, has anybody trying to sign you mid-season? <laughs> Do you know what? Daybreak. No, honestly, honestly, between fat burners and Weight Watchers, I've been try- they've been trying to get me in the January window for the last six years. I'm not going. I'm not going. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, 
I, I, I think it's uh, transfer windows. It's it is brilliant, like you know what I mean, because um, it allows players to move around who aren't happy. Because yeah. imagine if they didn't have it. Wait, wait imagine you were imagine you signed for a club in the summer, and you can't get a transfer like come Christmas. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you'd just give up. And the fu- that's what I'm talking about. You'd end up like Eric, you know. I think they used to do <laughs> well, happy. <laughs> they yeah. used to do Generally. it in the in the LSL, I think, but they definitely done it at skill, but where when the window closed, you could still get a transfer. If your team played like eight matches or something, and you only played two, you could transfer. Yeah. Which I think is good. So it's not a case of... Well, We'd always be eligible. But it's Yeah, but it's not a case <laughs> of you've played, like you've played eight matches and then you think, oh, these are <laughs> shit, I'm going. It, yeah. it's, it was a case of, it was for people who couldn't get a game or weren't, weren't playing or weren't being selected that they could change. Uh, that was years ago. Put now. a bit of information out on transfers, right? So if you have a player who comes to you who wants to leave, obviously the LSL podcast touched on it last week, great podcast, lads, well done, really enjoying it. They touched on it last week, but something that they didn't touch on was, so, and we only know this because we tried to sign a player from another club, and the league, the UCFL league, let us know. So they don't have to sign his form if they owe any money yeah. to the club. Oh, we already know that, yeah. Yeah, so any money to the club... It has to be paid up yeah. before, yeah. Has our, our fines, yeah. our reg fees, our yeah, club yeah. gear, all has yeah. to be done. It wasn't so the case about a year ago in the LSL, it wasn't. Yeah. But now... Yeah, so it's something, yeah, something that they're actually enforcing. So just for any clubs out there, if you do have a player who's just gone and they're looking for a transfer... Yeah. Look, obviously, you're not going to try and stop a fella from playing, but no club. Like if it, and the reason why the league said they enforced that rule was because you might have lads just literally dropping clubs left, right, and centre. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately. Well, what happened to us even in the summer with all the lads going to Inchicore and the kind of Sunday team breaking up, we lost 11 players. Good few of them owed money. Yeah. Like you could be looking at a thousand euro that you're out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't, if there's no rules to enforce that, your club is just good, good foul. So we can't. It's kind of protecting them as well, you know. Like, yeah. No, it's um, it's uh, definitely uh, something that you just club should keep an eye on. Yeah. You know? No, definitely. Yeah. What have we got next? Yeah. So next we're going to talk about the UCFL. But first of all, we forgot to plug ourselves. So um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, the weekly time where I beg you to follow us. Um, you can catch us on. We Twitter. don't need you to follow us. We've nine hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. But um, He's yeah, no. happy. <laughs> <laughs> I want more. No, um, you can find us on Mixer Podcast at, at Mixer Podcast, even on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I didn't know that until I checked it during during the week. So it's at Mixer Podcast on all three of them. And give us a follow, like, share. What, what are you gonna give away for your thousand follower? The, the infamous mug that I'm gonna get done by them the mugs, time we I get. I swear to God, them mugs are literally. Grown legs? No, what are they? Where are they? The, look, I'm working on it, right? So it's going to take me a while. So maybe, no, maybe so don't follow so us so on Twitter. So <laughs> give me a little bit longer <laughs> to get there. <laughs> Your thousand follower should get, I reckon, a mixer mug, a mixer jumper. Or, or Ballon might help us out. <laughs> Ballon might give you... The deadly oh, lads at Ballon. Who the deadly lads at Ballon. Donated a hundred euro voucher. Yeah, they might <laughs> donate another one. For the yeah. thousand. And maybe we might get Epic Fitness who rent this studio space for us for absolutely no money. <laughs> um, they might download some give you a passes. Fit, uh, a fitness pass or um, something else. I don't yeah. know what, what else they do here. There's kettlebells and stuff around. So kettlebell session. We might enjoy that. What what the football teams do to stay fit, guys? 
yeah, no. Spin classes. Look, just just look at Kingswood Castle. That's what they do with the stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you see, they're doing um, Christmas shoebox appeal and all as well. They're just nice club like that. I got a feeling that uh, <laughs> yeah. there could be a committee transfer. <laughs> yeah, Eric County Kingswood. I do have a bit of a. You have a soft spot? I, do, I'd say I think it's a hard spot. <laughs> <at the minute. laughs> have a bit of a. I have a bit of a horn for uh, Kingswood <laughs> social media campaign, I have to say. Can you transfer a committee member? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's done it already. But even, even he like, hasn't told you about yeah. it. Even like what they do with them when they put their players out. They've like, they a squad of 35 players, oh, right? And, and their Facebook post has like 35 players. No, but they've gone as far as putting the, the flags of their nationality yeah. beside the players. Well, they have like one Spanish, one Polish and the rest are Irish flags. Like, what? They, put up, they put a post Classic. out today. Uh, the transfer window's open. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking to add a few players. Yeah. No, no, lads. Just <laughs> looking for the 44 players. Do you know right? what they're like? They're like Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 80 players on loan at uh, Vitesse r <laughs> <laughs> They've only got one squad and 40 players. I know. Oh. Do you know what? We might get another team in. That, that was what your man was saying to you. Was well, it, you went, 40 went players. He was like, yeah, we might look at getting another team next year. Yeah, like, but the, the, again, we'll just to touch back. I can only imagine how many players they're going to lose on the 1st of December. Yeah. Well, he did say... Yeah. He, he did you know what I mean? So I would say that's why they're probably putting up because they're probably going to lose 16 players <laughs> <laughs> and still just have the <laughs> squad of 20. Yeah, but they'd still be able to manage to get through the league. Like. <laughs> right, UCFL. Yeah, so before we go to UCFL, we're going to take a little, little short pause for the cool little recording that the boys in Black Rock done during the week. Right, man, so we're out here in fucking Kosamui, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely sending it uh, in Arkbar, uh, which you'll hopefully, please God, stay in when you're in Thailand next year, because there's not a hope any of you virgins are going to Canada, that's where all the, the V's are going. Anyway, so uh, basically there's a big pool uh, down near the beach, and there's a bar at the end of it, uh, and so we set up th- uh, four towers of charity. All the rock lads went down. It was great crack, like rock chants going. Like men just bleeding blue and white, left, right, and centre. It was huge. And uh, we take over the pool, get four towers of chant, which is three litres, put on the bar. And then you have to, teams of six, you do a relay. Have to dive in, swim the length of the pool, pour yourself a pint from the tower, send it, and swim back absolutely fucking huge rock chance going the whole time like there's a video being after being sent to the union and uh yeah we're making an inaugural thing and uh yeah just as the competition's first winners uh myself and the boys the team of me steve campbell uh dave heavey johnny fairly andrew Doherty, and um mark dunn we're getting uh kosamui cup 19 in Thai tattooed onto ourselves just you know to represent for the boys but lads yeah we, we'll need it continue we'll need the tradition continued next year uh, when I get some of the videos I'll send you on some of the scenes with lads some of some of the greatest horseplay of all time and that was sent in from the VC lads who were on the holidays <laughs> they were absolutely sending it, was it. the VC lads I'd say oh. VC bleeding blue and navy all over the shop <laughs> Oh, uh, stop. That had me in tears. That went viral on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Did you again. see the video of them swimming? Uh, oh, no, I couldn't watch anymore. Did, that, did you that see the video, that, though? That accent. Like, how do we make fun of, like, Northside Dublin accent when we have that? That's horrendous. No, like. See, right, this is it, right? That's my least no, favourite so, accent so they're, ever. So, they're far left. Northside is our far right. And we're banging the middle here, just talking normal. In your opinion. What, yeah. what do you, what's your opinion we're on not, that? We're not putting to a poll, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think they're... Nice posh lads. I wouldn't <laughs> mind going away to Kosamui. 
It's an inaugural <laughs> thing. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting the tattoo. <laughs> it's like when you're when you're writing a tweet and you're like, I don't know if it's good enough or I don't know if it's going to be funny, and then you say, "Fuck it, I'm absolutely sending." Right, <laughs> <laughs> come on, football. Right, come on, UCFL. Tell me about the UCFL, Stephen. UCFL, we have feck all games to really talk about. So many games, I can actually go through all the <laughs> on one piece of well, paper. The weather is absolutely so smashing right, so, silly at the moment. So without with the with the lack of games, should I say, what is your thoughts on what I call calendar year football? I know people say summer football, but I call it calendar year football because you don't play in January. You probably do a pre-season in January. Well, I'd like to do a pre-season in January. So you've got your Christmas out of the way. Be as fat as you want. Come in for pre-season. Yeah, there's Eric in the Twix. Uh, you get pre-season done in January. Start the league in Feb. Work your way through till September. End of September. Even the, not even the start of October. But have it over by end of September. You'll maybe get a two-week break in June. Just for lads who, if they can, book holidays then do. But obviously you'll have lads away and stuff. But I just think you'll have far more games on. I... I, I... I think the summer football is just if we just built more Astros we'd get through it like. Yeah, but cost effective. We'd be totally against summer football. Would you? Absolutely totally against it. Why? For a couple of reasons. Eric, you run a football podcast, you're against football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you see, I think there's a couple of benefits he, he, sorry, to football. Sorry, Eric likes having the game scaled on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we deal. Um, right, go on. No so, like I'm being in summer football. One, because I like to go away in the summer. I like little trips down the country. I like going camping. And if I was playing every Saturday, that would stop me from doing that. I like doing that in the summer. I've got a busy summer. It's nice. Now, I appreciate not everyone has a busy summer. They've got kids and stuff. I don't. It's great. But another side of it is winter. Winter is crap. It's lashing rain the whole time. Like, it's cold. You're not going out for a walk in the evenings. Your dog's getting tired because he's going nowhere. Like, he's just getting lethargic around the house. You're not walking him. At least my dog is, anyway. Um, at least if you have training during the week in the winter, you're going out, you're getting out of the house, and it's breaking up the dark evening. So you're going you're going up in the morning at 8 o'clock, it's dark. You're going home at 4 you, o'clock, 5 you, o'clock, it's you dark. You can still try it. Yeah. Uh, who's gonna, there's no team available. No, but like I, I kind of see it. Look, I think summer football will happen in this country, right? I, I, I hate, I hate that. We just have to get a summer first. No, but I think like you can debate. Like, I, I this is why I can see both. No, sides but this, like, that's what I mean. Like, and people go on about this on like on everything. I suppose it's always on Twitter. Someone brings up Twitter every now and again. It's on a podcast. It's on it, right? But I kind of feel like you can talk to it until the bleeding cows come home. But nothing's gonna happen for years, and I'm telling you, years. I kind of think. Kids on the winter train, it's harsh on the kids, right? And nobody wants to send their kids out on the lashings around. For senior players, senior football, I think, it's slightly different because like, you're, like, you dress appropriately to go out if you're going to train. For me, winter. it's not about the train. It's the amount of games that are getting called off because but, of but the grass. But you, you say that, yeah, but you say that, yeah. We still all finish at the end of the season by the end of May. We do. This is the this and this I year has I, been the I, most. But games I, yeah, but I don't care if you're off. playing three weeks, three games midweek because it's Irish football, amateur football. It's a given you're going to be playing midweek games. I like the midweek games. I'm not it, against. And that. loads of people do. But it, it's the whole thing of you're going. Some people have gone three, four weeks without a game. Keep training, bud. No, no, I know that. But why can't you do that in the winter? Just keep training. And then have the league switched around that you're getting. Like, look at the, the amount of time that you're off in the summer. 
and not train. Yeah, but this is what I'm Whereas trying to say. You yeah, but put this those nice evenings to work. You could get your... Like in June, you don't play any matches in June. In July, you don't play any matches. In August, you maybe play one or two. So why not use those three months of lovely weather? Think about all the like the pre-season games that you have in July. What are when you're playing? Yeah, but you're playing <laughs> on a Tuesday night, on a Monday night, or whatever. I you're just, having half I seven kickoffs, and you're playing till half nine or whatever. It's still bright as I know, now. but it just—it's a lovely day. You were talking about walking your dog. I just, Every, think, I, just I just, I just feel like it's it's a non-discussion because there's too many football like in the leagues from the DDSL from the from the Lancer Senior. I think everybody all has their own different version of what they want. Okay, yeah. and they and like the, the DDSL switch back to the winter football. Okay, they switch back, and that I can I see one or two online giving out about the kids. Oh, I say is all delighted, just all switch back now. But like like I said, it's slightly different for the kids. But like if you're like like you, you what you have one kid, two kids? Right. So is your missus saying to you over the summer when you're off football? We're going away, we're going away, we're going away. If you're if you're playing summer football and you your missus says to you, We're going away and you're telling her no, Anna. But this is what I'm saying, Jay. Like you're still gonna get your summer holidays. So what? Two weeks in June. Everybody, the whole country's gone, is it? No, but <laughs> this is what I'm saying. People are still gonna go away. Yeah, we will have a couple of players missing here and there. It's going to happen. But you'll have a couple of players missing all the time, anyways. Like no, it I know, doesn't matter what you're, you're, yeah. When the football is on, you're going to have people away. You're gonna have lads going to Liverpool and the Stags. You're going to have whatever. You know what I mean? You're going to be missing players. But I think if you have a if, what I think they should do, I think they should put it to a vote and let each club... Right, so you have your league. Your league secretary puts it to a vote. That league. So you'll have, say, right... Well, in the UCFL, you only have five leagues or whatever. So you, them, every team in that league votes. Mm. And it's a league vote. So say, Premier vote and you need fifty or you need over 50%, say, to pass. So 60% of you vote, that's a yes, yeah? Yeah. And then each league is done like that. So... If your league says no, it'll be weighed up. Then you have five leagues, so whichever is the, whichever comes out on top gets to the. You're talking about a league working like a democracy, exactly. and I think that's never going to happen. That's even more unlikely than summer football. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm, I'm getting on. We're going football. to UCFL. Let's I'm get in, let's on. get into football. So anyway, there was tech all games. So much that I literally have one one page nearly of results. So I'll start down the. Sydney Bedlow Cup, you had Clontarf seconds beat uh, Glasney in seconds, 5-4. That was the only game in the Bedlow Cup that I have down. In what round was that, sorry? Haven't a clue. Don't care. Uh, Division 3B, Albon B, Team Zimbabwe, 4-3. Um, it's actually a good win for Albon because they were out for that fundraiser night the uh, what was the last name? Dylan. Dylan O'Neill. Friday Dylan, night, yeah. yeah. Friday night. So I'd say they had a few banging heads and they still got the win. So well done, old Uh In the Leinster Junior Shield, you had Strand United lost 4-3 to Lusk United. And Strand knocked out Rory's team mid-Sutton in the previous round. And uh, that was a big... They were they, they was a big upset because they got to the final. These are the ones I, I keep... Every time I bring it up, who played the lad who shouldn't have been playing the final and they won it but it was taken off them and giving it to some culty team don't know who they're called anyway um, that was that in the Leinster Junior Shield so strand out of that 
Um, the Challenge Cup, Dunshockland B, Bushy Athletic, 4-2. Uh, York Road in the same, in the Challenge Cup, lost 2-1 to Beach Park. Seconds. Um, oh, I see Beach Park... John, that does right into us. John Plunkett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said he's playing Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club seconds, he's at his Then that brings me on to the Premier. Um, we got a we got a good win, a good two-one win away to Harden on Friday night. That pitch is lovely out there. McFay masterclass. McFay was look. He put him in a new role, and he was brilliant. So well done, Mick. We were meant to have an interview from that game, but um, the player got sent off. We <laughs> yeah. left early. Mick was, Mick was to do an interview with uh, O'Regan. O'Regan! <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he he got sent off, so that was he never happened. Anyway, but a uh, good win for us. That pitch out in Bedouin Class, was, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. How? Did you play on the left or the right one? Uh, the left, twice. So when you walked in? Yeah. No, it was left. our right. Sorry. <laughs> you went to the end of the yeah. Yeah. But we played that twice. But how every other guy club across this country just build an astro that size and use that and I'd say it brings in so much money. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Kulak Village bet uh B Port Marnock one nil on Saturday. And this leads me into the biggest upset of the weekend was Glasnean beating V C. So I got on to uh Ian from Last name, I just asked him for an L match report, and just to keep things fair, I also got on to Simon Roach from VEC and just asked for his match report and get his opinion on the game. So, Eric, play away. How's it going, lads? Ian up here from Last Name, just giving a quick summary of our match against VEC on Saturday. We won 2 1, and the match got changed to Blanche IT Astro on Friday afternoon. Probably a little bit apprehensive playing them on Astro given they'd beaten us by six or seven the last time we played them on Astro out on Sportslink a couple of years ago. Um, we started the game quite slow, first 10 or 12 minutes, didn't really do a whole lot. A couple of last ditch tackles kind of from our two centre halves and full backs in fairness stopped them breaking through one on one. Again, they were trying to play the ball out wide nice and early and then cross it in for I think it's Joey, their striker, to to break through and score. Um, after about 15 minutes um, we started to win a little bit more possession further up the field. Our right wing Kev won a couple of free kicks um, in the VEC half. Again didn't really come to anything. We won a couple of corners. Didn't really uh, trouble the VEC keeper. Um, started to press them quite high. Started trying to get, get a little bit of joy for us. A couple of mistakes but again didn't really come to any really guilt edge chances for ourselves and um, not a whole lot else happened in the half until maybe five or six minutes to go I gave away a free kick and um, VC trying to win the ball back our left back kicked out on their right winger I think his name is Pat a um, bit of a toe put, bit of a toe poke in the legs stupid and the line I've seen it called the ref over so we were half expecting maybe the red card to be shown um, luckily for us, um, he only showed a yellow, so again, blessed to go in at half-time, about nil on and with 11 men. Second half started pretty similar. Again, we were in the game, maybe not creating too much. Um, it wasn't until the VC centre half played the ball directly into Andy's feet with a square ball, about 25 yards out. Andy's dribbled into the box, made a two-on-one, Andy played in Nile. 
to, to, to score and unfortunately the shot was blocked anyway and you know, I probably should have done a little bit better with the shot and the ball broke back out then to our captain Gar Malone who shot and won only for a great save by Richie in the VC goal he would have been ahead and from that mistake we kind of kicked on a little bit started playing a little bit of nicer football through the middle kind of with Gar, Noel, Andy and Kev kind of nice pass and move uh, I think Andy played in Kev then five or six minutes after that using his pace to get in behind and another good save by the VC keeper kept it at nil all um, a couple of minutes later then out of nothing sloppy free kick given away by ourselves just inside our own half they sent up the two big centre halves up again a lovely clip free kick in then and I think Shocko is the name of the centre half that scored again rose above our centre half who didn't really have a chance it was a great ball and great run by, by him to score again the goalkeeper had no chance so 1-0 down after maybe 55-60 minutes probably thinking we should have been 1-0 up at least and we kept going previously we may have dropped the heads against VC and five or six minutes later our centre half Shane Kelly um, was having a great tussle with Joey their centre half all match dribbled won the ball back and dribbled through um, winning a free kick maybe about 40 yards out VC weren't happy with the decision at all uh, I think he probably did win the ball but he went to ground and was from behind so the ref was pretty clear what he was, what he said and why the free kick was given um, Andy stood up to take the free kick maybe 40 yards out um, I think we were surprised he either didn't shoot or just lump it into the box he played a nice ball in onto the right wing to Kev Sessler again and Kev tricked his way into the box and you know a couple of little step overs and made enough space then to to, to get his cross in and David Sharkey headed home from three, three or four yards out and I think that's his third league goal of the season uh, to make it one all again maybe 20-25 minutes to go uh, not a great deal happened I think VC had one chance from I think to cross the ball in from the left wing and their number nine was free maybe 10 yards out and I think he shot over as well and it was only a really half chance they had about 10 or 12 minutes left uh, Andy was played in down the left hand side and forced another good save from Richie in the VC goal uh, from the actual corner then uh, Gar swung in the corner and uh, hit somebody that might have actually been a VC head uh, off the post ball sorry the ball dropped off the post dropped out to Andy five or six yards out who lovely bit of footwork kind of put it on his right foot and just smashed it into the top corner from a few yards out made it 2-1 with 10 or so minutes to go and um, been a couple of changes on both sides a couple of injuries at that stage and um, so we were kind of looking to hold on VC through one of their centre halves up front and as you'd expect, a lot of the ball for the last few minutes created a couple of chances. Uh, our keeper Evan saved brilliantly for two, I think, one with his feet and then one from a header. Um, but then again, the game ended up VC the corner, I think, after about 94 minutes. And one of their guys headed over from, from maybe 10 yards out. It was only really a half chance, so we held on for the win. Um, delighted personally um, a great win for us, as I said earlier. First league win of the campaign after five games. Um, been playing a little bit better over the last couple of weeks and really want to kick on now. we've been in a relegation dogfight the last couple of seasons so we don't want to be in that predicament again um, a couple of rounds through in the Challenge Cup as well after beating a really good Kulak Village side as well so we'd, we'd like a run in that standout performers on the day Andy Hederman again very well known in the league at this stage scoring again uh, Kevin Sessler who's been excellent for us lately even got a call up for the league team 
for the match on Wednesday night. Um, we're delighted for Kev. You love to see it with a such a, a young guy. He's 21 and come in and been superb. And it was only a matter of time, I think, before before he got called up for the league team. Um, Shane and Sharkey at centre half are excellent. Again, one to one to eighteen, I think, or one to sixteen. Anyway, the five subs that got on are really good for us uh, on the weekend. Um, really, a lot of kind of battling for positions now, especially having the second team again. So again, there's been a lot of competition. Training numbers have been good. So hoping to kick on and really do a little bit better this season. Uh, best of luck to VC. We'll see them in Johnstown for the end of the season. And thanks, lads. Simon Roach here from VEC. Um, just giving a bit of a report on the game against Glass Nine there last weekend. Um, so 2-1 defeat for ourselves. Bit disappointed, obviously, not to take it away from the game. Thought we started really well against them. It was a very, very quick start. Had a number of chances we missed, I suppose, didn't go our way. And maybe you're kind of getting a bit of a feel. And then we didn't score any of those that, like, might come back to bite us in the end, which I think it did, um, unfortunately. Uh, so we had a, it was nil all at half time. It was actually quite a good quality game. Class nine, working hard, I thought, like a couple of good lads in the middle of the park for them, quite physical at the back. The big centre half of the box uh, he's a bit of a unit. Um, and the lad out wide, the quick lad out on the right hand side, he was he was causing us a lot of problems down our left hand side. But overall, I thought we had um, much the better of the game at half time. Disappointed to be coming in at nil all. Um, second half started, we got a goal. I thought good ball in from um, from Jordo, good header from Shaco. I thought like maybe we were going to kick on from there, kind of make it two or three, and we didn't. In fairness, like Glass Nine really grew into the game and thought like they started to get a few chances then and um again it was the lad on the right hand side who was causing problems who, who kind of got a good ball into the box they scored a header to make it one all it's really anyone's game at that stage um they i think it was probably about five minutes later they got the seconds that was maybe i'm guessing here maybe 10 minutes to go in the match that made it 2-1 to them and we kind of huffed and puffed a bit and created another couple of chances and just didn't take them and I think if you're going to miss that many chances in the game you're probably not going to get anything from it so ultimately they ran out 2-1 winners Um, I said we're a little bit disappointed from our perspective but uh, they'll look at it as three three good points I suppose and decent bunch of lads out there and I think like they'll, they'll probably end up doing pretty well if they, if they keep playing like that anyway they had a very good second half performance out of them but uh, yeah, we'll have to bounce back this week. Yes, yeah, so I just want to thank the two lads for giving us them on match report. You know, because there's a, it's a massive, uh, I suppose, massive win for Glasnevin in 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 uh, in terms of the league. Look, they had. I don't think that's the first win. So, uh, so it was a bit of an upset. Yeah, bit of an upset. Is that the same lad from VEC? That was at the Sausage Cup. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but this is the VEC fella. Is that the same lad who he done a snippet after? Was it after your game? Yeah, so he is that the same fella. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember he was talking about brands of football and after playing news and they were trying to convert into yeah. So they give keeping yeah. the ball short and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, yeah, that's Simon Roach. Roach, I think his yeah. name is. Yeah. So if you do want to get in touch and send in match reports, just add us on Twitter and you can send them in and we'll throw them into the show. Yeah. And we spoke to VEC about what their plans are for the rest of the season. So let's have a listen. 
So VC looking ahead to a big couple of weeks in the run into Christmas. Um, from a season perspective, we have a couple of big cup games coming up. The FAI against Rosemount, um, and obviously the the Leinster then against uh, against Bangor. Um, coming up against one of my old my old teammates back in the day, managing Bangor and, and Johnny Ennis. Um, like the season today from the VC perspective has been a little bit mixed. We've had some really good cup results where we we've knocked out Boot. Um, We've knocked out uh, Cherry Orchard and uh, and Minute as well. So three teams from the top Saturday league, which has been great. Um, the league we've been a little bit patchy, beaten by Glass Nine there, and we lost as well out in Lucan with the AGP. So that's been a little bit a little bit mixed. Um, we had to cope with losing our most successful manager ever, Kevin Hanlon, moving on unfortunately at the end of last year after doing some brilliant work over the few years with the club and then of course missing Ado as well there's nobody in junior football who wouldn't miss Ado um, he's out um, his recovery is going quite well but he's missed all of the seasons to date and you know, he's not going to be back until the latter parts of this season he's, uh, he's obviously a bit of a sensational striker and a big loss but we've added bodies to the squad um, we've added some good players we're trying a new system as well for uh, Trying to knock the ball about, be true to ourselves, and in terms of playing a nice brand of ball, um, we've looked great at times this season. There's a lot of really encouraging um, kind of uh, signs there, I think. And we're looking into the game against Rosemount this this weekend, and I think that's going to be that's going to be a, a really tough game. Um, you know, we played them a couple of seasons ago, and I'd actually know a few of the lads myself from when I used to play up, and, up around that neck of the woods with Broadford stuff. So, um, to make an acquaintance with them. So there's some very good players there at Rosemount. That's going to be a really good game. We're, we're going to be tough for them. They're going to be tough for us. We'll see how we go. And Bangor as well. Um, they're going to be very, very strong. With their merger with Greenhills, assuming there's nobody sitting in the middle of the pitch protesting, I think uh, and the game goes ahead, we'll, be, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give them a good game, I'm sure, as well. So um, there's a lot to look forward to, particularly in the second half of the year as well. Um, we want to be in the shake-up. You know, certainly in the league um, and the domestic per se cups, um, you know, in the latter part of the season, we want to go as far as we can in the FAI in the Leinster. So hopefully, we can uh, we can last another couple of rounds and do the UCL proud. And that was just an update from VEC. So cheers for selling that in. And we're going to move on to the UCL Oscar trainer. Take it away, Steve. Obviously, the UCL Oscar trainer team were to play. Uh, the Kildare District League didn't go ahead tonight. Pitch was called off, so Kildare now have home advantage in that. Is that, is that really? I, I, oh, I can't believe that got called off. Like no, well, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all. The the no, but I mean, did the UCFL not have windows? That's the outside. <laughs> Any pitch is going to be called off in this weather. Like, but, get uh, an Astro or else you lose home advantage. Come just, on. Like. I just want to touch on the UCFL Oscar trainer team. I'm not going to name all the players, right? But I'll just give you the, the rundown of the clubs and the player numbers. So... AGP have one lad, um, and he's absolutely brilliant. I will name him because there's just one name out there. So that's Ross Bourne, and he has battered our Aubrey team. I think he has six goals in two games or something against us, so he's fairly good. Castle Celtic have two lads. Kulak have two. Glasnean have two. South William Street Celtic have two. Tally United have three. And the VEC have six players in that. So fairly strong players from top clubs in my opinion so fair yeah, play can't, can't argue with are your lads really. still refusing to go 
they're just too busy at the moment. They can't commit to Hutch, and that's fair enough. You can't force them to no, go. No, no, you, you, you wanted them to go. I didn't did. You? I, I, I asked the two lads, and they, they're busy with life, and they're just happy. And like, look, it is what it is. Um, that's mad. I'd, I'd have jumped there. Yeah, so would I personally. I'd have jumped there if, it, if the leagues came, came to me and said, oh, put you in the squad. Yeah, there with bells on. Yeah, I'd be. I'd have been as a player. I'd have been disappointed if I didn't get to try. Yeah, if that like if I found out, because in my head I'd be thinking, oh well, I'd say they'll put on one or two sessions before we get to play again. I'd have been disappointed if the training sessions didn't happen. Yeah, but they don't because happen I'd in the USFL, so yeah. you'd be very disappointed. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, so look, um, the, that game hasn't gone ahead. But uh, we just, I just myself and obviously everyone here, just want to wish. Uh, Paul Hutch is it Paul Hutchinson or Paul Hutch um, best of luck for the game that will now be away to uh, Kildare District League and just best of luck to all the players involved yes that's good so that's your round up that's all I had Eric there was like I said there was feck all games um, nothing really newsworthy um, well, one exciting game the weekend UCFL well no I'm looking forward to it is VC Rosemount yeah. No, I know Rosman aren't in LSL, so it are in LSL, so it. I kind of, I kind of didn't go down what was going on this weekend because the weather again. It's been like it's hard to say what's gonna what's yeah. gonna happen because talking I, about I, something yeah. that's not gonna exactly. happen exactly. And I and I, I don't see Rosemount going ahead unless Rosemount have an, uh, an astral. Well, well, I'm gonna talk about a little bit, a little bit about later on. But okay. let's move on to the LSL to Gaz. Okay. okay, I'm not covering much of the LSL. I'll just cover the game yesterday. So the LSL squad again in the Oscar Trainer. They were playing the defence forces. They needed to win um, to have any chance of qualifying. So they're actually knocked out. They drew nil all with the defence forces. Def- defence forces only went and beat the weekend. The extra team, uh, they beat them 3-1. The, so we- the same extra team that beat um, the LSL up in the Blue Belt Cup a couple of weeks ago. So it was a really good win for them. Same team that's just come back from China. Uh, they were playing and I was talking about it a couple of weeks ago he was very sure what they were playing in they were playing in the military World Cup um, they didn't make it out of group but they had a good win they had the USA I think USA Qatar and Algeria um, in their military group um, and those countries Algeria and Qatar I think are they're con- uh, conscribed countries so they had like the likes of professional or semi-professional players from like their under 21s oh, who yeah. had to go to the army yeah um so they were kind of streets ahead in terms of football and wise i think it's uh isn't it brilliant though that they have the, the opportunity as football yeah yeah, like yeah. A, and i suppose they're amateur footballers you can get that well, well they had a couple of lads they have a couple of lads that play force division and stuff yeah uh, with that loan and things like that but you did have the likes of sean gallon who plays for oliver bond yeah um who was in the squad and then a couple of lads from your man from sacred heart fulham i don't know his first name um but he he plays them. Yeah. So he scored. I think he scored there the, the weekend. Weekend something like that as well. Yeah. So like they've a couple of uh, a couple of good amateur lads from around yeah. the different leagues. Uh, I know they have a lad off part leash. I think Jody Dillon, uh, striker and things like that. So yeah. it's good. It's have good. You, have you ever seen them play? Uh, I've seen them a couple of times. Probably not in recent in recent uh, years. Probably about a year ago was the last time I seen them play live because I know the manager Richie Barber yeah. used to play with him, so he's always on to me about getting friendlies. Was he in the asked, army? 
you have to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now even the manager was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you have to be, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's all kind of yeah. in-house, you know. Yeah. Um, but Richie's a good lad, played with him at the St. James's Gate, and now he's doing a bit of coaching and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so that game was nil all. And I was a bit surprised at the LSL squad. I was kind of looking at it. Uh, they, they tapped into the Oliver Bond team that's kind of flying at the minute. They had uh, Jordan Buckley, Willow McAdams, Michael Malone. Um, and then they had they had a couple of Usher players uh, Calvin Douglas Jordan Buckley Steo uh, Donnelly was in the squad but I think he got ill uh, the day of the game so they had to take him out and put someone else in like they still had a decent enough team uh, a bit of experience from Bluebell then Tony Griffiths and stuff like that playing so I was surprised yeah. that they didn't get the win up on it was on Pierce Astro so uh, they're after getting knocked out I didn't think I didn't think that would have happened, to be honest. Yeah, so a bit of an upset. Yeah, it is a bit, a bit. Because did they win it last year or the year before, something like that? No, no. Can't remember who won it. Who Nobody won? ever remembers who won it. No. Except, but except when you Google it and you get the Kilkenny won it in 2017. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> FAI. Great update. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Well, that's about it. But you talked to Paul O'Brien from. Yes, that's that, that's Hearts. my LSL work. If you when you listen to it. Uh, you'll listen to you'll hear a really enthusiastic coach uh, I know Paulie well so yeah I've uh, I just so we obviously train up there and everybody's just full of praise of what he's done up there not not him like like, don't get me wrong all the staff yeah the management staff yeah yeah. all the staff they're, um, they're they're fairly good so look listen and enjoy yeah roll the roll the vid Today I am chatting with um, head coach at Sacred Hearts Fairhouse Clover, uh, Paulie O'Brien. Me and Paulie go way back from going to the Milk Cup together and playing in a skills match um, against each other and just being involved with Rovers many years ago. So uh, I know the lads were eager to get someone to talk to Paulie. Um, obviously he's doing great work now with Sacred Heart um, and yeah we're looking forward to having a chat so thanks for taking the time out Paul and how's things going for you at the minute no worries Gary nice to chat to you again it's been a while um, yeah no things going really really good um, obviously Sacred Heart also I doing really well um, since the merger obviously I think the merger came a little bit too late in regards to, to last season and staying up but I think we the preparation the groundwork was done um, by Peter Flood and obviously bringing in the players and, and other staff that he brought in um, and we've hit the ground running and, and doing really, really well. Like So uh, things going really well on that front. Um, and good to chat to you. Yeah, jeez, uh, we do go way back, come to think of it. Remember the uh, the Mill Cup when we done the uh, round of golf as, as the O'Brien family? I think it was me, you, Aaron O'Brien uh, playing for Newtown Saturdays and Adam O'Brien. Um, from town, so he was playing with now, and then I think you were you were down as a dad. I think you were you were you were that fucking out looking. Yeah, well, I <clears throat> I went up to that tournament as a coach because I was playing for uh, John Wilkes's under twenty team. So uh, yeah, it was with all that. I got I got into a bit of trouble. I think at the end when I bought his all fucking drink. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they were good times. Good times. Uh, what do you think has been? What do you think has been different, I suppose, yeah, in terms of 
when you took over? How, what, what are you doing differently? Because you've seemed to really obviously turn around from a relegation side into title contenders, I suppose. And I know I've seen a couple of photos in pre-season and you've had, you were doing a, like a presentation uh, and it seemed like you were in a meeting room, I suppose. Is that... Have you brought kind of more of a professional side to it um, this season? Um, just in general, I'm just curious to what you've changed. Um, I suppose with coaching, are you doing anything different? Or are you thinking outside the box with that? It was a great trip, yeah. Um, after that bleeding trip, we, we actually went to play for the under-20s, which is as well for a season or so as well. So that was really good for, for that age of playing it. It was 16 or so playing another the 20s League of Ireland. It was a really good experience. Um, but, yeah, so kind of from last year, like um, the major between the two clubs, Sacred Heart and Fairhouse Clover, kind of, we were in 1B with Sacred Heart, Fairhouse Clover were in um, Senior Sunday. I think they had f- five or six points maybe. Um, and we were kind of lower mid-table in, in, uh, in 1A. So both teams are kind of struggling to a certain degree. Um, players numbers wise just weren't there with both squads I mean we were going up training sometimes with Sacred Heart with 10-11 players uh, between two squads um, and I know Ferris Glover were kind of in a, in a similar position as well I think they played away to Newbridge um, and I think they 12 players and, and one of the lads was a, was a, was a, a player that, that came late from Oak like, so they were lucky to have the, the 12th player there Um so that was the position that the two clubs were in. Um, I obviously coached before. It was our sacred heart. I coached at Fairs Clover with Keith Baker and Ed Salder. Um, so I obviously knew the lads, the likes of the committee, some of the players that were there at that time and, and stuff like that and the staff. So um, again, when I went to Hearts, obviously we were working under James Craven and working with Stephen Bradley and stuff. Um, uh, not the role with Stephen Bradley. It's actually his cousin, though, the same name. Um, but yeah, um so I kind of was familiar with the two clubs. John Mon is kind of the main man of Sacred Heart, and uh, Bees will be one of the one of the committee men, one of the main men of the committee sort of things at Fairs Clover. And what happened was uh, they were mates, and probably over over a few years they've been kind of uh, keeping in touch with regards to results and stuff like that. And um, both clubs are kind of local to each other as well, Fairs and Kilnarden. Um, and they end up being mates, becoming mates through football and. I think was mentioned by one of them um, to the other um, in regards to why don't we just get together and, and stop both of us struggling, come together and, and sort out a name and a crest and colours and, and just decide and, and have a right go and get kind of top quality football back to Tala. Like. So that was kind of where it, where it began. Um, the major, as, as I started, kind of the back end of last season, we got points. I think we beat Pop Marnock away. Uh, we beat Ballymun away, we drew up Ballymun at home. We got some decent results, but it was kind of too little too late because we had to uh, obviously take Fairhouse Clover's um, points, which was obviously, I think it was five or six points. Um, I'm not sure what we ended on, but there was probably a gap of about seven points that we needed to survive that we were beaten by Moctas and beaten by Bluebell and stuff like that that kind of sent us down. But look, it was probably, looking back, it was probably a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you, um, because uh, Peter Flood, then became the manager. He was kind of um, assistant manager, and um, when the original manager became, just the way I worked out. But he's absolutely brilliant. I have to say, he's the best manager I've worked with in the Leinster Senior League. Where I was shadow of a doubt, absolutely unbelievable knowledge of the game, experience of playing the game, his relationship with players. He does everything the right way, you know. And 
a lot of players that's the reason one of the main reasons why we attracted a lot of the players a lot of the players I played for Peter before when Ferris Clover came runners up in the in the senior Sunday division I think they missed out on winning the league by a point to Crumlin I think it was that year um, so that just goes to show you the kind of the kind of players that you can attract to the club and, and, and the way he obviously plays football and wants his team to play football is the right way um, so obviously I started on as coach um, he brought Darren Forsyth who was captain of Ferris Clover and um, we got to the Intermediate Cup final when, again when the runners up in that stage I think he was captain as well um, and senior Sunday he brought Darren back in as kind of a player assistant manager um, obviously Carl Forsyth was there he brought him back in being with Darren being assistant manager uh, Craig Fradley stayed with us was another part of that Intermediate Cup squad we got Peter O'Donnell back we got Luke Walsh back from Cherry Orchard Um we got Foxy, who was a local lad, who was with Sacred Heart. He came back from Bluebell. Uh, Congo was with us originally, and when we were Sacred Heart, he ended up staying because he seen the players were coming in. And we got a couple of lads from the League of Ireland. Craig Canty, who was with uh, Cabin Teeley. Um, Esteban McKelvey, who was with Kevins and, and Rovers and stuff. So we got good, good players in. Uh, we had good young players at Sacred Heart as well, so we are better players, kind of, had them senior figures. Um to kind of to help them along and to, to help them develop and get them the right the right habits. Um so there's there's loads I know there's loads of players I'm missing, you know what I mean? Um I don't wanna go off naming every single player, but that was the type of player that we brought back, Mikey Doyle from Bluebell and stuff like excellent, excellent players that we had um and that we brought back. And they've all either played for Hearts or Clover or some of them have played for both. So a lot of them are from Tallet, local lads, they know Joe, they know Bees are all the committees, the coaches or I've would have coached most of them before, and um, Peter would have managed most of them before. Um, and then we obviously went out and got other players that we that we kinda of identified over over the, the, the few months of, of the major, uh, first few months of the major. So that's how it it came about. Um the results have been excellent so far. Um, we're unbeaten in the league after I think it's twelve games. Um Still in the Intermediate Cup with a, with a replay back in Tala against Liffey's after we drew with them out there on Friday night. Uh, still in the Charlie Cattle Cup and still in the Metro Cup, the Saturday side at the top of their league. Uh, and they're still in all their cups as well, Dave and Paddy Lanigan Cup, the, the Noel Ryan Cup, etc. Um, so things are going really, really well. Pre-season was really good as well. We got some some good tests against Minute, Mokta's, Wayside, all top division sides. Um, and, and it kind of stood to us as well, you know what I mean? Um, getting those kind of them tough games and we've done really well as well our pre-season was really good but getting them tough games getting the, the lads ready getting the lads um, used to back playing together getting them used to the way we want to play um, Peter and myself and Darren um, so it was really really good in regards to I know you're seeing the presentation and stuff like that um, I'm obviously on my A licence at the minute but about halfway through so there's obviously assignments and stuff that you have to do and and obviously learning bits and pieces along along the course of some of the tutors and, and the people like the caliber of coaches on the A license is, is unbelievable. Like you've got Stephen Elliott, ex international, and uh, Mikey Doyle who played for Leeds. There's, there's loads. There's there's Man United um scouts. There's FC United of Manchester Academy coaches, the Cal Preston um scouts and stuff like that on the course doing the A license. Lads from New Zealand, lads from from England. Really really good. So uh. I took bits and pieces from that, and in fairness to Peter, anything that I really want to do, he's always he's always let me kind of take the reins on it in regards to training and stuff like that. He'll obviously have his his input and tell me what he wants and stuff, but it's it's not a dictatorship. You know the way when a manager tells you, oh, "That's what I want," and that's it, and that's the final say. Peter will always kind of 
um, ask you your 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 opinion on it on everything nearly. You know what I mean? And it's not it's not a dictatorship. And this season is the most I've ever enjoyed coaching, working alongside Peter and Darren, the players, the staff, facilities we have up there with the two clubs coming together, second to none as well. Um, but yeah, the presentation was kind of last season. We were probably in a position where, with such low numbers, we had to probably put up with a little bit of bullshit from players. And I'm sure there's, sure there's other coaches and managers who have to do that. Um, but we wanted to make sure that this year we done things right. So the presentation was for the older players. Yeah, so, um, sorry, we we, uh, we done a presentation which was um, for kind of letting the, the older players know that this was kind of a new beginning. Um, kind of outlining our, our codes of discipline, our plans for the season, our, our aims and objectives, and kind of bringing that professional uh, side of thing, side of things to to the, to the players as well and to the club. Because when when we done the merger, I mean, both clubs had lots to offer. Um, but I think when when we sat down and we we actually thought about what we can actually achieve with the two clubs coming together, we we really thought that we can become the biggest club in Tallaght, which. Like, which we, we probably are outside of Rovers to be honest with you um, but in regards to maybe being really professional uh, attracting young players um, good coaching good management um, doing every, everything the right way when it comes to gear when it comes to training equipment when it comes to social media you know what I mean having a presence there I think everything really feeds into 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 our success to be honest with you like you know what i mean we kind of left no stone unturned Um, just some of the things we've done obviously we've done that presentation um interaction with the players talking about formation what way we're going to play what way we want to play asking the players what they think the strengths and weaknesses would be of that of that kind of uh, formation um and then kind of having a chat about it up on the tactic board and letting players familiarise themselves completely with what we want in regards to set pieces and a mindset and, and where we see ourselves um one thing that we really got from Peter is, is a great idea is blocks of five games and winning our mini leagues and that's the way we've been approaching things. So we're first five games, we took 13 points um, and that was the league one, you know, so we found ourselves top of the league after that and we knew that if we won the next mini league of five games, block of five games, that we'd still be top of the league and, and again the third one has begun and, and at the moment we're, we're doing well, we're still unbeaten so their aim is to win that third block of, of, uh, of five games and then we'll be 15 games in and, and nearly hitting our targets. Um, and again, having competition in each place, uh, in each position and letting the players know that if you get in, you're doing well, you'll stay in regardless just because you, you've been around the league or just because you've won this and that, it doesn't mean a thing. You have to come, you have to train, you have to train hard, you have to have, be disciplined, you have to be a team player so if you're taking off and your attitude has to be right um, and we're trying to be professional as we can um, again the likes of we've got an, a data analyst um, Seho Kim who's a lad who studied in UCD really really good fella from Korea originally um, living in Dublin and he's been a massive massive help for us as well um, we've been linking in with him a lot in regards to the, the analytics of the games and stuff like that but he's been doing up graphs and stuff for us in regards to not just that, like possession, not just basic things like possession or or areas what what where we're in possession, kind of how many penetrating passes we're making, where we're making them on the pitch, um, how many of our goals are coming from attack started deep, you know, and things that I've learned in the A license that would be would be kind of a little bit new to to most players even probably working with, but that that's uh, it's definitely helped us and he's excellent. And then we're videoing our games, um. 
We're making highlights of our games for players to watch. We've got our own YouTube channel where players sign in um, and the players watch back on the highlights of the games that we've prepared for them. Um, again, that's through Seho. Um, sometimes we're videoing our training sessions just for players to watch back in regards to effort and and um, just maybe upping the tempo and, and seeing the difference between flat training sessions and high-intensity training sessions. Um, we're having kind of one-to-one chats and meetings with players um, and again, our Saturday side as well is, is being used. Look, we've got some very, very good young players at the club and we're putting our faith in them. Like Some of them are 16, 17, well, not 16, 17, but they've played at the club at the 16, 17 through the youth team and they're coming up through the ranks, like, you know what I mean? So there's there's an under-19s team there um, that we're, we're tapping into as well. So when we've got friendly games or training or we're short bodies in training, we get a few of them in as well to, uh, to train with us and play friendly games with us. And then with a view to them coming into the Saturday side next season and maybe some of the Saturday lads getting promoted. So everything, we're doing really good. Facilities, excellent. We've got um, obviously the Astro two grass pitches. Um, clubhouse plans are amazing. Um, the turn of the sod on those uh, quite soon, I believe. Um, even as much to installing a screen in our, in our dressing room so that we can go through tactics um, on that rather than calling them out off a piece of paper or whatever it may be. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just trying to be as professional as we can. We've got a new tea room and stuff installed, installed in the kitchen out the back for, for players and stuff like that to, to come early um, and to have a cup of tea or coffee or a cup of soup or whatever it may be before or after training and before and after games. Um, so like all those little details I think are adding to our success and I think every player, every staff member, every committee member, everyone has, has, has pulled their weight and so far so good but it's a long way to go in the season but yeah that's that's kind of where we are. That sounds absolutely fantastic. I haven't actually, I seen actually a while ago that Bowers had up that they were looking for a voluntary uh, data analyst. Um, obviously they were doing video analysis of games and stuff like that so to, for you to have that uh, amateur level in the Leicester Senior League just shows you how far things have kind of progressed I suppose a lot of teams probably well some teams maybe are doing it I, I know a lot of teams now are videoing their games the likes of Kilbarrick and Mokdas and stuff like that um, I wasn't aware that you were doing it obviously you are kind of keeping yours in house with uh, having players kind of being able to log in and I suppose then you can keep an eye on players as well of actually who's logging in and who's watching what which is quite good um, with the amount of work that you are putting in the background off the field there's no surprise to me why you are top of the league I actually haven't well to be honest I haven't got out to watch you yet you are on my list but for a, from a player's point of view if that much work is going on in the background and all I have to do is turn up, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and obviously then you have plans for developing clubhouses and stuff like that. Um, it all sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, and I know I was talking about, the, you're talking about the presentations and stuff like that. That's obviously great to see. And what was the response like? I'm just wondering to all that. Uh, obviously, from a, for a few senior players, it can be maybe daunting for them or some people don't like change how did they react to such a big change yeah look in regards to the presentation like <laughs> for me like it was it was me presenting to i don't know 30 plus players and we're a relatively new backroom team some of who we i only knew a couple of weeks like and 
we'd only been together with the group probably a week or so and done maybe a couple of training sessions, you know what I mean? So it was it was definitely a, a task for me as well. I wasn't sure what, what way they take it, some of them. Um, obviously, I knew I'd done loads of hard work in regards to getting the presentation together um, and obviously liaising with, with the likes of Peter Flood, obviously, to, to, to push certain stuff in or take certain stuff out. And in fairness, as, as he's always done, he's kind of... Let me let me yeah uh, kind of go go about it the way I wanted to do it. Um, I obviously sent it to him first, and he had to look through it and stuff, and, and decided what was it okay. He he was very very happy with it, happy for me to to do it for the players at this stage. And um, we hadn't got a lot of the players signed. Like we we probably had two lads who were committed, and probably the squad from last year. So there's probably like seven or eight or nine players that were kind of him and Hanning, and some were training with our clubs. And I felt that we the way we'd approach things that if we done it right off the field that we get these players, and 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 so did Peter. Like so, obviously the presentation was part of that to show people how professionally we wanted to take it and um, I know managers do have meetings and stuff like that before before the season starts it's nothing new don't get me wrong like but I think in regards to renting out a venue um, having tea and coffee ready for the lads having it up on a on a big screen big 40-50 inch screen for the lads to sit down and relax after the training session so that was again kind of a double training session which again probably isn't done a lot um, in regards to Lancer Senior League but it was something that we felt we wanted to do to try and show people that we can be as professional as possible um again like they're going to be more experienced players i think and yeah like is this are they are they gonna say like who the fuck did this guy think he is or but like that's what you have to do and, and again we kind of nailed home in the presentation that these are the, the standards that we're setting and this is the levels that we expect the players to be so if you don't want to be part of that and you want to fall into the old just turning up and and training and, and, and not having to, to work hard or maybe not having your games videoed and not being getting constructive criticism from the training sessions or from the games then you're probably at the wrong club and if you're not willing to work hard and you're not willing to to face competition um in your position because nobody no matter who you are was guaranteed a spot in your squad and that's why we've covered in every single position and the, in fairness we had some great players up with us that decided it wasn't for them and, and they went elsewhere um and a lot of them have said Look, probably the competition. I just want to play regularly, and we couldn't guarantee any player that that did play regularly. Any player from last year, any new player coming in, regardless of what he's done, regardless of what club he's coming from, we told them that it look you're a player at that level. You're coming from X club. You've played at X X clubs. Um, you've played at a high level and you've won things and stuff like that. So, look, if you hit your levels, you'll be in the squad. But if you don't. You might not be because you've got other players knocking on the door want to come in and take your position. So that's that was the big thing and the, the presentation kind of nailed the home to them that it's all about the squad because as you know and, and as anyone who's listening knows as well, you win nothing with an eleven. It's a it's a squad and, and the teams that win the teams that win trophies and are successful long term are the are the teams that have strong squads, strong eighteens, strong squad uh, Saturday squads to to kind of to walk off as well like it all adds in so that was where we were with that um and again some of the things that i, I learned like probably one of the two of the people that i've learned the most of in regards to the likes of man management would be a massive thing and something that i feel you can have all the coaching qualifications um in the world they don't mean a thing to be honest with you and um, if you don't 
have man man if you're not good with like man managing and, and, and dealing with people um at face value, like you know what I mean, and being truthful to people and there's two people that off the top of my head that I've worked with, um Mark Kenny at Brain Nineteens, League of Ireland when I walked with him. Like, unbelievable coach, but his man managing to second to none, like you know what I mean? The players the players that go through a brick wall from and Another another coach that um we've worked with probably more recently is Glenn Cronin, the assistant manager of Rovers when I was at Rovers Academy coaching. Like unbelievable. Like he, there's always it, it's there's a t- Glenn knows what to say at the right time. Like the stuff that he, he does come out with, like you just to be sitting there with your, with your mouth wide open, like he, he's an absolutely unbelievable coach. The best coach I've ever seen, to be honest with you. Um and kind of learning bits and pieces from him about how he treats players and the man management and the way the way he speaks and stuff like that is unbelievable. Like you know what I mean? So the the two of them will be definitely big for me. Um, and then one person that I kind of always lean on for advice and have done since since I met him is is Carl Kiao as well. Uh, you know what I mean? So kind of asking him advice on certain things and in fairness, he's he's never put me wrong. So. Um, they'd be three of the people that would be uh, I'd have learned a lot from and kind of that presentation would be a build up of kind of little things from, from probably all three of them as well you know what I mean so like as I said coaching qualifications don't mean you know at all nobody knows at all nobody's perfect um, I know I see some lads with coaching qualifications that think they've they know it all and they've arrived and they don't need to learn anymore or develop or anything like that which is ridiculous you know Um all the top managers and coaches and, and, and analysts and whoever it may be are, are the ones who uh, always achieve to learn more. Like, and, and again, players, like you're never too old to learn. Like, uh, like As you were saying about the senior players, like some senior players, and, and I've seen it, um, think they know it all and they don't want to learn. And I'm sure I've won this and I've played at this club and I, who are you to tell me? Like, But thankfully we don't have any of them in in the in the club like and that's that's the great thing about it. everyone who's came in has really bought into what we're doing um and we plan on probably having another um presentation after christmas to kind of to hit the ground running and, and not really stopping over the christmas break so all of these things kind of add up you know to, to how successful we've been it's funny that you actually mentioned that because we were only having a conversation there a while ago that it doesn't matter what coaching qualifications you have. If you can't relate to players or you can't relate to people or people that you can't be likeable, uh, you won't get very far. Um, you won't have, that, as you say, players wanting to run through walls for you or, or anything like that. You, it's very hard for a coach like that to build team morale and stuff like that. If you don't have the kind of interpersonal skills, just just doesn't work on you, right? You can have all the, the coaching badges you want, unless you have, unless you have that kind of personality to go with it, or understanding about people, or or, or trying to build relationships. It'll just it'll, it'll never work. Um, I just like to touch on. Obviously, when you were growing up, you were playing schoolboy with Kevin's. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, and you were quite a successful schoolboy uh, in terms of trials, different trials with different teams and stuff like that. When did you kind of decide, and I, you touched on as well, you played with Rovers underage um, in the League of Ireland Leagues along with myself. When did you decide though that you wanted to stop playing and you wanted to really concentrate on coaching and then just kind of give me, not your CV as such, but 
what you've been doing up until now. I know you touched on a few different things that you were doing, but I know there's a couple more that you haven't touched on. And I just like people to understand exactly your kind of football journey as it is. Um, because I know you have a cracking CV and fairness to you for such a young age. Yeah, so um, as a schoolboy, played for Kevin's. Um, played at the likes of Robbie Brady, who's up only, Jeff Hendrick is up only. Um, Conor Murphy, who originally went to Middlesbrough, is now playing with Crumlin and it's a senior league side. Um, Anto Bulger originally went to Aberdeen in Scotland. I don't think he's playing anymore. Um, who else was that? Owen oh, Wearing originally went to West Ham. I think he's playing up north now. He was last I heard he was at Avon, but he played for Bowes and and stuff like that as well. Another cracking player. Um, just there's, there's loads. We were a really really successful team. Um, very good age group. That in fairness that year it was. And all that the FEI lads, the coaches and stuff like that, um, would refer to the to kind of the class of ninety two. They said it was a really, really strong age group, um, that came through all together, like Belvo, really good players, like so Pico Lopez played for uh, for Lords, um Matt Doherty played for Home Farm and Belvo, Craig Sexton uh, played for Belvo and Lords as well. Craig Walsh was the same age group, he was with he was with Lords and he was with the Orchard and stuff like that. Like so he's at Crumlin now. He's a really, really good age group, really strong age group. Um after that then I kinda of went over to Buddy for a few months. Uh, didn't work out. Uh, Buddy in, in Manchester didn't work out, ended up coming home um after like Jesus. It wasn't long, I mean a few months if anything. Um came back and played for Rovers, signed for Rovers, because I loved the club, uh fan of the club for years. They were in the major at the time, we ended up getting promoted um, from the major up into the Premier. Um, went to the Mill Cup with two different age groups. The year ahead of me at Rovers, we went up with me and Ross O'Connor. Um, and then we went up with our own age group. And it was it was decent. Obviously, you were, you were part of the background team then. Good experience. Then I played under 20s. And then um, two of the managers at the time, who I won't name, um, said that although I was a good player um, they didn't want to keep me on at the under-20s because um, they didn't like that I was going to Rovers matches and uh, having a few points and stuff like that which that's fair enough looking back I could have done a lot more I was warned by a couple of people um, to keep my head down and to, to concentrate my football and you know as a young lad sometimes you don't listen you think ah so look what did I know and I know it all and and again, that, that goes back to me trying to pass on to, to younger lads as well. Look, of course, at, at every age group. So um, that's where where I kind of fell out, fell out of love of football as such. And so I played for a couple of local teams and was more inter- interested in going out drinking and, and having to crack with the lads, the older lads like, than me that were on the team. And looking back, silly of me to do it. Probably missed out on an opportunity to maybe play League of Ireland. I don't know, but um, I think it was a decent enough schoolboy player. Uh, to be honest, Lance of Senior League never really done that in it because I kind of lost the interest, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, that was really it. And to be honest, uh, I wasn't doing anything for maybe a year or so and I didn't really know what to be doing work wise. No leaving safe, no qualifications, third level uh, qualifications, or education, anything like that. So I was kind of in between jobs, just kind of warehouse work and silly stuff like that. And then as my stepdad kind of got me in and said, Look, I'm coaching up the local team here at Fredericton under 15 I think it was do you want to come up so I said yeah look I'll go up but I wasn't really fancying it and to be honest it grew on me 
and you end up really, really liking it. So I start beginning with badges, um, kicks that one and two and stuff, and passing through them. In fairness, we done really well, the two of us, um, with the team that we had for a local team. We got to the semi-final of a cup and, and stayed in the, I think it was the, the A or the Major, which was which was decent at the time. Um, and then we beat P-Mount in the semi-final, sorry, the quarter-final, the semi-final of the cup, the quarter-final of the cup. And one of my stepdads, mates, Jim Kelly, he was away now in New York coaching. Um, and she asked us up and said, look, that's done a good job. Do you fancy taking over um, at P-Mount the year younger? So we said, yeah, look, brilliant, brilliant facilities. Again, I was learning... Again, I was going to my coaching badges, so the two of us went up there. Again, we, we recruited a lot of local lads around my area that we kind of brought up to P-Mount. And we, again, we done really, really well. Um, it was the second team at that age group. And then the first team kind of job came available. And he asked me would I take that and Bobby, my stepdad, to stay at the, the second team as such. So we took it. Again, we done really, really well. Got other players in, a lot of them that are playing League of Ireland now. Jordan, Eddie Amo, Afterada. Um, Alex Nevin, who was now signed for us at Hearts, he was at Bray, played a couple of first team games, played for Bowes 19s, very successful under Craig Sexton. Um, Carl Spooner went on and played League of Ireland for Drotter. Um, I think he's at Collinstown now. Luke Doyle is at Kilimane. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good players that played League of Ireland. Dara Deegan is at Manu Town, uh, Mute University Town first team. So a lot of lads went on to, to do well. Um, Jordan Adiyama, probably the best. Um, Clinton Apos is on trial at Crawley I think he's signed for Newtown so there's good players like, and, and they're still playing the game which is probably the best thing um, for them to be honest with you um, growing up around this area you know we can get sidetracked easily um, but yeah then went from P-Mount I went to Carcio as I mentioned earlier asked me to come in at Cherry Orchard under Nuyens so it was kind of a new age group and I said oh Jesus it's a bit like babysitting Carl I don't know so he said look come down have a look and so I went in Enjoyed it in fairness, the walking with Carl is excellent, really, really good. So I enjoyed that, ended up staying with them for right up to under 11s, I think, under 10s, sorry, under 10s. And then Rovers, being me, me club I played for, being my local club, and they said, look, come in, we'll pay for you for, your, for a couple of your qualifications. Um, so I went in with the 14s originally, went over to Finland, uh, done really, really well um, with them. The, a lot of the under-15s League of Ireland team now are at that group. Michael Leddy and a couple of other internationals as well were there at the time. Um, then I ended up ended up going back and taking the under-10s Rovers then again, more experienced. They knew I knew the age group well from Cherry Orchard. Um, done really, really well. Probably the best side, in my opinion, them and, and Kevin's, I'd say, are the, are the two best sides in the country at that age group. And, and again... Obviously, the players are great, and we worked hard. We tried to get a uh, recruit well and get good players. And one thing I loved was going out, just watching games, identifying players. Not even that it was I was interested in signing them, but just to to kind of build up a, an understanding of of what age group and what good players are at different age groups, and who the top teams are, and what way they play, and watching. Like I take joy in watching other teams warm what warm ups are they doing, what way do they kill down. What instructions are they getting from the sideline, and you know what I mean? Like what what formations the team set up. So that was a big thing for me. So we done that, and obviously having played for Buddy, I went over, um, and met Chris Brass, who was the director of football. Then met him in uh, Gig Lane Stadium, and discussed becoming a scout for them. So became a scout kind of 
a scout for uh, for the club and an advisor kind of of what players in the League of Ireland are becoming available. Um, they had their eye on, on some players. I know the likes of Joe O'Shea ended up playing for them. Um, I know they were looking at the likes of Richie Tell and just monitoring situations, but they don't have a lot of money. But I enjoyed that. Um, but nothing really came of it. We got one lad over. Um, on trial I brought my lads over they had a look at a couple of players and they were interested but nothing really came of it um, and then I got a proper kind of scouting job with Scunthorpe United as the head of um, head of scouting for the Republic of Ireland like, so again we went over I brought a couple of players over um, and actually brought my team over as well to play them and stuff like that and walked under Dara's War and the Chief Scout so that was kind of a little step in that regard Um and walked at Fairs Clover um, before when they were just Fairs Clover walked at Sacred Heart and then obviously the two clubs merged where I am now I walked at Minute University um, with the Freshers group and the Harding Cup squads and the Crowley Cup squads and we won two two All-Irelands and the Crowley Cup as well uh, probably three years or so ago now so walked on the Barry Prendeville absolutely brilliant brilliant blo- uh, bloke walking wonders with Minute University town you can see how successful they've been and obviously Deco Heave has now took over and, and, and took them on even further. Um, but a great place to learn, learn so much there. Put a lot of trust in me to, to head up an age group um, in in the university. Um, and what else? There was a lot, of, a lot of stuff like kind of auxiliary coaching with the FAI with, with Mark Kenny mostly um, in different schools and different projects kind of out in Rings End, the Soccer Sisters, the Spar Fiver Sides. Lots of different things like that. Um, and again, I walked the DB Sports Tour, so I kind of travelled around to most of the the academies in Europe, um, the likes of Barcelona and Espanyol and clubs in England, West Brom, Birmingham, uh, Man City and stuff like that as well. So again, kind of broadened my horizons and that end of things, got to know a lot of people through that. Um, and then obviously doing my BB licence and my A licence, I've really, really enjoyed the A licence, I have to say. It's... The best thing I've done. I'm back now in June, back down to Fort Royal and Cork to to kind of finish it off. I'm still probably three quarters of the way through me uh, me assignments and stuff like that. So please, got to pass that and um kind of that's really it. Look where the, where I see myself. I want to push myself on, and I want to go as far as I can. I want to get my pro license. Obviously, some years away yet, but that's the aim. I want to go as far as I can. It's I'm obsessed with. It. I really, really am obsessed with. It. Constantly looking at different ideas, watching videos, reading articles, watching documentaries. Um, so that's kind of what that's what I want to do. I want that's what I want to do. I want to walk in football. I missed out playing, playing football where I could probably have played and still be involved with the game, maybe at League of Ireland level or, or who knows. But um, I definitely don't want to miss out now on on coaching and I want to be involved as high up as possible. And some people. Laughed a few years ago and I said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna hopefully manage one day, maybe in the League of Ireland." But that's that's what I want to do, and uh, if I keep working hard, maybe I can do it. With obviously, if someone takes a chance on you and uh, and believes in it, you can go far. So um, yeah, that's really it in regards to playing and and coaching. I walked that Bray, sorry, Bray nineteens at Mark Kenny as well, League of Ireland. Which was which was a really good insight into into the League of Ireland. Um, up in there or thereabouts, helping out in different different things as well at Rovers, like kind of at a high level, sitting in and maybe going away with with Rovers. Um, like sharing the room with with Glenn Crown and Steve McPhail and Shane Robinson over in Finland for 
for three or four days, like picking Stephen Bradley's brain at different things. Like you know what I mean? When when I sat down to to chat with him originally when I was going in, like just leaning on what way do you walk and just watching them and it's it's excellent. Like you learn you learn off everybody, you know. And the idea is to keep on learning. Uh, the game changes and you never know too much, but uh, yeah, that's really it. It's funny I remember uh, uh, Bobby. When in the wife Transavan, the wife van used to drop us up Kiltipper all those years ago when we were training up there. Uh, absolutely gentleman, um, absolute gentleman I should say. Um, and it's it's funny that it was him then that kind of brought you back into the foul. How after you've kind of lost the love of it and you've given it up, and he's kind of threw you a lifeline, and then look where it's taken you. And I suppose there's a lot of stories like that, especially in the areas of Crumlin and Talley. Um, of lads just getting to 18, 19 and then just give it up uh, and it's it's great to hear then obviously you've took took a year out or a year or two out and then came back in and in a short space of time you've done an awful lot and you have proved me point that you've a good CV um, I didn't know some of the some of the scouting stuff that you were doing uh, which sounds absolutely fantastic and even even Working with the colleges, then you've kind of you've gone from nines, tens, colleges. Um, you are speaking about fourteens. Now you are in senior level, so you've kind of gone up the levels. Something probably a lot of coaches won't have had that experience in. Uh, and I suppose now you are probably more of an all-rounded coach for that. So it's absolutely brilliant, and all the work that you are putting in, it's it's now it's now um. It's no wonder that he's at the top of the league. Uh, I just like, I know you touched on it a bit about going in probably League of Ireland or something like that. What does the future hold for you or where do you see yourself in five years' time? Yeah, look, in regards to, obviously, you got me back back enjoying the game and stuff like that and the coaching and the things. And uh, again, he used to bring me across the Kevins three or four times a week when I played there. Look, you know what I mean? After work, he'd get in the car, he'd bring me over. Um, he was actually my manager for a short time at Rovers. He was, uh, he's always helped me. He's came to games when I played. He's always been there to support me. So he's a great, absolutely great. He's he's been in my life since he's five, since I'm five. Sorry, uh, and he's he's excellent. Uh, really, really good fella. Top fella. He's actually still coaching now himself. He's a C licensed coach. Um, he doesn't want to go any further. Um, the technology side of things kind of wouldn't be his kind of. Uh, his niche, as I'd say. So he's involved at Francis now. He's doing the 16 Premier. And to be honest, I've been up watching him a few times. They've got a really good team. Um, seems to be doing well as well. So he's enjoying it. He was with me when I was at Rovers. He, he was in with me, helping me, doing some of the coaching and stuff like that as well. Um, he was with me at Piedmont. We were together at Fredericairn. Um, we got him in down at Cherry Orchard in a different age group as well. So he's kind of... Um, been been with me a lot as well. Like he's he's great to work with, and probably work with him again in the future. You know, um, someone you can trust, and it's it's always good to have some people you can trust when you when you're part of the, part of a team, part of a group. Um, yeah. So kind of uh, the future for me, I don't know. I really don't. Um, one thing that I wanted to do a few years ago, I've noticed that coaches either specialise and kind of senior footballer they stay in kids footballer they're good with it with the early ages and, and everyone has their, their strengths and their weaknesses but one thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to 
I wanted to coach at every level. I wanted to coach in academies. I wanted to coach in summer camps. I wanted to coach in schools. I wanted to coach girls football. I wanted to coach um, college football. I wanted to do DDSL. I wanted to do... Um, I coached with the North Dublin Schoolboy League as well in preparation for the Kennedy Cup. That's another one I forgot. But I wanted to do that. I wanted to do the leagues. I wanted to work with the League of Ireland, which is at Bray. I wanted to work with a host of different schoolboy football clubs in, at different levels. Like my local club, Piemont, was a step up from that. The Cherry Arch was a step up again. And then Rovers was a step up again. Um, so all, all those things, like, you know I mean, I wanted to gain experience in every single thing because there's things that I learned that under nines, eights and nines that I still use now with seniors. Um, just in regards to, to man management and how to look, kids kids are, are brilliant because one thing I was told like what that that stuck with me was um how you know your sessions are good or how you know your players are enjoying their sessions and I've put on sessions that people haven't enjoyed or that have been poor and I look back and evaluating myself and and I know that some of the sessions I put on are poor down the years but that's everyone's gonna make mistakes you're only human nobody's perfect um. But how you adapt to that? How do you can you can you improve the session? Where did you go wrong? Um, was the setup wrong? Were your were your key messages getting across to the players? Um, all those things you have to ask yourself. And one thing that I learned was sitting in a room. I don't know who it was. I think it was I think with Glenn Cronin again. Going back to him, he's absolutely unbelievable. But going back to him again, I'm nearly sure it was Glenn that said it to me anyway. Um, did the kids enjoy the sessions? And I was like, well, look, we, we sit down as a coaching staff and I was there at Rovers and myself and Bobby and Ronan and Owen or whatever. The coaches were there at the time and, and we think, yeah, no, that went well and blah, blah, blah. And then Glenn turned around and said, yeah, but have you asked the players? And the guy said, no. And he said, right, well, like, who's going to tell you? Like, ask the kids, do the kids, ask them what they enjoy. And, and from then on, we've always asked the kids, like, did you enjoy that? What did you enjoy about that? And you, once you gauge an understanding of the kids, and you're, you're doing, again, what they like, and you're not always going to do what they like, otherwise you'll be playing games and shooting drills all the time. But once you're doing what they enjoy and you know what each player enjoys and you know what the strengths of each player is and, and, and what each player needs to improve on, and, and they'll tell you what, like, what they need to improve on. They'll be honest with you. And it's coming from the horse's mouth. Like. So that's one thing that I, I took from that um, in regards to, again, man management side of things and improving and, and getting better myself. And still to this day, talking, maybe pulling the player aside and, and having a little word with him and talking to him about how he can improve a specific area of his game. Um, and the little the little things, like even a way to, to press, like if, if you're a striker and, and showing the, the opposition centre half onto his weaker foot, little details like that work. Um, and they could make the difference overall. Like if you have a striker working on one or two little details, you have a centre midfielder working on one or two little details of their game, whether it's being uh, communicating better, whether it's um, always having an open body shape, um, whether it's your full-back um, getting forward or maybe not getting forward as much as, as they probably like, because now modern-day full-backs, everyone wants to bomb up the line, and sometimes that's how you, you're conceding goals. So there has to be a mix of knowing when and where to play, um, little things like that, but that that's that's one of the things um, that I really took from gaining experience is ask the players. The, the players will tell you, like you know, what I mean, don't be afraid to ask the players. And there will be times when players say, "Look, no, Paulie, that session's been shy," or "No, I thought that that didn't work." And you have to be man enough and big enough to, to take that on the chin as well. I'm not going to get everything right. Managers aren't, and I think the managers that are open to that and have that open mindset 
in my opinion, the ones that, that go that little bit further. Because if you're just stuck in your ways and you don't listen to your players and you say, no, this is, it's my way or the highway. Look, if you're playing a certain formation, for example, and your results aren't going too well, you can do one or two things. You can stick by it. And some managers have come out the other side, but how often have we seen managers just, just let go or, or players fall out of managers and not not have the trust in them anymore because the manager's failing to adapt and the game's adapting so much, so quickly. So you have to kind of adapt as it's going along, you know, and that's one thing, look, even I've invested in myself, not not clubs or anything like that, a GoPro, um, a MacBook Pro, stuff like that to help me, look, you know what I mean? Um, a tripod for my camera for, for me to video games and sessions and uh, software to analyse games, like Huddle software, and that all has to be done if you want to maximise um, what you're doing, whatever level you're at. I think you should do do it to the best of your ability, otherwise there's no point in doing it really. Um, in regards to what the future holds for me, hopefully in June 2020 I'll have um, my A licence um, diploma and that'll be a massive achievement. Um, thinking back from, from when I first done Kickstart 1, maybe six or seven years ago, um, it was probably 20 years of age when I started getting into proper coaching and in seven years to have an A licence is, is something I'm very, very proud of, will be very, very proud of if we do get it. Um, but I'm confident, I believe myself. And after that, who knows? But this year, I just want to concentrate on getting my A licence and getting Sacred Heart Fairhouse Clover back up into, into Senior Sunday because that's where the club belongs. And what I want to do is to try and get um, the best players from Talla, no longer travelling outside of Talla to play for for the clubs, that that's the aim. Like, how often have you seen like, uh, like Bluebell and Crumlin and all? They're all brilliant, brilliant teams. Don't get me wrong, absolutely excellent people involved, fantastic teams. But wouldn't it be great to have a Bluebell, a Crumlin, and then a, a Talisoid where all the players that are playing throughout the league to be playing on on their own doorstep and, and getting the like, Talla as such a big catchment area. I think we we've, we've got an excellent chance of. Uh, of establishing ourselves as one of the top clubs in, in, in the Leinster Senior League. And that's something that we're, we're up for a challenge of doing. And again, if it's going right off the pitch, it makes it that bit easier on the pitch uh, to get it right. After that, A licence and, and stuff like that. Who knows, I'd ideally like to work in the League of Ireland one day um, in with a force team, whether it's a, probably a long way off being a manager, to be honest with you, experience-wise, but I think maybe as as a coach or maybe even as an assistant coach, but involved with a force team, um, that's what I'd like to do one day. Um, and I know that, I'm not kidding myself, I'm still a, a way, way, way off that. Um, but please go one day and then pro licence, that's, that's, that's definitely what I want to do. Who knows? Um, outside of Ireland maybe as well, it might be something that... That were taking me fancy as well, but look at the at the minute a license and uh, getting Sacred Heart Fairhouse Clover up. That's that's definitely me me goals for for the next uh, twelve months or so. Whatever shadow I do. Yeah, no, well, it's definitely good to have short term goals. I suppose a season, two seasons, and then your kind of longer term goals, as you said, your pro license. I mean, your your pro license is probably a long term goal, as was your. A license go back five years so I think you're going 100% in the right direction you know your stuff if just from speaking to you I can see how passionate you are about the game I can see how knowledgeable you are about the game uh, and I know you personally I know how, how much of a good good lad you are uh, I know Steve Carrick at the mixer is a big fan of you 
uh, as all as we all are to be honest. Um, we've been looking at the Sacred Heart results. He's absolutely flying, and obviously you're a big part of that. Uh, and in terms of going for your ARA license, we wish you the best of luck. Um, and then whatever else you can do going forward. Um, we just want to thank you as well for for coming on. I know you're a you're a listener. Uh, I know you've been in touch with me before to say well done and that you were enjoying the show and stuff. So absolute pleasure talking to you. And um, we wish you the very best of luck, Harry. Cheers, Shazi. Thanks very much, lads. Fucking great podcast. Uh, keep up the good work as well. And thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Talk to you soon. And that was Paul O'Brien from Sacred Heart taking time out of his day to talk to Gaz. And like listening to that, I know it was very long. And I hope you've enjoyed it because I definitely enjoyed listening to it. I um, listened to it this morning in the car. Actually, I couldn't get enough. Um, really enjoyed it. Like, the stuff they're doing up there. It's just, yeah. It just shows you. It's mental. It's the top level football. Is unbelievably. It's torn and it's professional. professional. It's, it's torn, so it's torn on the edge of professional. Yeah. It's like, it's only good for like like imagine like I'd love to be a player at that level. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's absolutely. But I'd say everything like someone's telling you how much you ran the match. Like, yeah. like yeah, no data analysis. Yes, but that's what I, that's why I was trying to tap in, and that's why I was asking them how did the players react because it can go two ways, and they can say. I know, but like, <laughs> like how good is a manager if you can go to a lad and say, "Look, you're a lazy bastard." Yeah, and he says, "What? No, I'm not." Yeah, you are. Here's, yeah. here's the dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, why, why are you dropping me? Here's why I'm dropping you. I'm playing your left, left wing back. You haven't got back at all in the last twenty five minutes yeah. of the game. You know, like it's just absolute. And again, if you could see things from a, from a data point, you're gonna work on it and you're gonna get better on it. And like, obviously, they. Fair play. All I can say is the fair play to everybody up there. Yeah, it's great. Mm. It's great. I was at the LSL Awards um, back in June, and Joe Martin, who runs everything up there, he got uh, I think it was a Volunteers Award or whatever. Or it was a, it was an award from the LSL just to recognise all the good work that he does. You know, Joe is. So we am obviously from Kilnarn. Joe lives across the road from my mum's house, yeah. and Joe is. I swear he's he's a little tre- he's a national hero in yeah. from p- anybody from Tala and Kellenard and Joe Mon, he's an absolute legend. He the thing like with Joe is all them facilities are up there are for the people of not only Kellenard but Tala. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he like he oh you go up there the other time, I go up there set up early for training and he opens up the Astro for the kids to come up and knock the ball around. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he that's that's he's just brilliant. He's an absolute legend. He can uh, there wouldn't be many who'd say bad word about yeah. him. I've been up there a good few times playing as an away player and I've always thought he was very welcoming. He's yeah, probably said hello to you, did he? Oh yeah, no, he'd and he'd stop mad. and talk to you as if he but he talks as if he knows you. Yeah. You know? And, and you get like that the, 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 it's not just Joe, like I know Joe is probably the face of it, but like, there's Gibbo up there, there's Ali Brackett, there's uh, there's loads on the committee as well, like and then you can see them getting that house in order. That clubhouse when it like I know they're meant to be starting the soon. But that's really going to be the next big step for yeah. them, you know. And like, I think it's in a it's a brilliant location. The facilities are very good. Um, what are they missing? Is a is a is a brilliant clubhouse. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. all I'm missing. And that's what Paulie was talking about. Yeah. Really. So they've good plans. Yeah, and they seem to have the foundations. I I, I do wonder how long Paulie will stay. You know, he's young, he's ambitious, he has that. Yeah, like you wonder how far he will. Well, push in fairness, on. He, 
as I was saying, he, he does have <coughs> short-term goals, as obviously for this season, getting promoted into Senior Sunday. I don't think he'd be in a rush to leave there. Yeah. Because he's talent through and through. Um, he'll be into Senior Sunday. He's, I don't think he's been at that level. I know he's done 19s. But Senior Sunday is very it's is very close to Division 1. Yeah. And I think if you can establish yourself as a really good Senior Sunday coach yeah. with an A licence, that's where you can go from. Yeah, I'm going to hear it. Yeah, definitely. He's not too far off yeah. League of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So and, and that's that's everyone's ambition, and it has to be. If if you're involved in football, in like maybe maybe for some people it's not, but for me, definitely, I I don't care. I'd say it on the pot. I I would love to be involved in any way at League of Ireland club. And I'm 32 years of age, and if it takes me 25 years to get there, so be it. You know, and like I I I think Paul. You can you can get that from you yeah, can get, yeah you can get he has that determination that drive and I'd say that's contagious to every player and coach who's the up there with. with yeah yeah you know what I mean and I think it's good as well because he's he had to t- he had to t- uh, step away from football he fell out of love with it um, and I'd imagine a lot of kids in Tally in Crumlin as I said in the interview a lot of kids like that will have similar stories. Oh, he was actually good at football, but I think started we, drinking. We think we all have other mates, story, other mates yeah. saying, ah, you won't make it, just come out for a few points. And you can yeah. you can get caught up in that. That's you know? a, it is one of them things. And the he, fact that he's able to turn it around. He was, he said, <coughs> uh, your man helped him out. Like he, he, he stepped that, Bobby. Yeah, fair play yeah. to him, you know. We know Bobby, years, I remember he used to drop us uh, up the topical tip when we were going trying with Rovers and stuff. Lovely, lovely man, and it was good for them. I suppose they went on a little journey together, coaching different age groups and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Another thing I liked was that he was coaching at all different levels, and he wanted to get involved with all different levels, which I think was class. Really enjoyed that interview, guys. That was very enjoyable. Yeah, thanks fair play, guys, and thanks to Polly as well for taking the time. Yeah, fair play. To you. That's what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Polly. Yeah, fair play, every year, fair house. Um, yeah, Aaron and uh, Clover. Best of luck for the rest of the season, lads. Hopefully, you can uh, go and just push on. And it's uh, that was another thing I, I thought was great. Sorry, I know we're just moving on. Peter Flood's way with the five game. Yeah, taking like five games. And will look, you will you yes. will you will you take that yes, on board? Yes, of course, a hundred percent. Like, oh, I suppose I like. You have to want to. You can't just be your own way. You yeah. have to take it from other people. Like Peter, I don't know what Peter is, but like that's. When I when I heard that, I just said that is absolutely. I'm going to use. That. Of course, I am. Why yeah. wouldn't you? You're going to. You have to take bits and pieces yeah. from everybody and then get your own. But I have to say, hundred percent, and I think that's a great way of going about it. Top yeah. your top your little mini leagues, and then take it from there. Yeah, so. no, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and it's a good insight. And I suppose that's one of the reasons we're doing the podcast is spread yeah. that bit yeah. of insight and if people can take. And if anybody from, from uh, UCD or any of them wanted to be our dad, <laughs> please <laughs> get on to me, will you? What's yeah. my what's my Twitter handle? You won't have much to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> DC one two three. I think your Twitter yeah. handle. Please send me a message. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a nice big chunk of LSL for us there with a very good interview. Um, just gonna move over now to the AUL. And before we do that, we're going to give the question out for the, what are we doing? Ball on the sports, lovely <laughs> voucher, 100 euro to a lucky listener. So you have to 
retweet this episode on Twitter and send us a message, a DM, slither into our DMs. Have to like it as well. And yeah, like it as well. Just like and share and comment and tweet whatever. Just you, yeah. Even comment on the post itself. No, re- retweets pay the bills. Retweets oh, do pay they? The bill. they do, yeah. I'm Mick Faye Ramsdale. Yeah, so send, send a retweet <laughs> and send us the answer to this question. Who was captain for the Republic of Ireland in our most recent game against Denmark? Simple. Don't say it's Steve. <laughs> Richie Kyo, was it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I thought Steve would have blown that. Anyway, so we're going to, again, Duffy. thanks to Ballon, who Duffy. make lovely gear. Did you see the stuff they made for Ben Bulban? Lovely, lovely tops. Unbelievable. They're sharing pro. them the whole time because they're whopper. Um, so stop whispering in the background. You're ruining me bleeding, Link. Duffy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, Shay fair Duffy. enough. Thanks. Yeah, we get it. All right. <laughs> Duffy, the event for us there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Change the question. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks to Ballon Sports. Be with Ballon, and uh, yeah, no sound. If sound you're looking notes. for our Twitter, to send, our, send us a message. It's at Makes Our Podcast. So get in touch and send us any match reports you want on the show. That'd be no problems. Moving over to the AUL, another like non-eventful week because the weather is absolutely kicking the show out of us. We had one game in the Premier side. Saint Martin Athletic lost six 0 to Holt, and that was at five o'clock on Saturday. Isn't that poor form? Five o'clock game on a Saturday. Now look, I'm all about playing games. We used to play half seven at the game. Half seven on a Saturday. Ah, like. uh, that's that's just you know, that's that's now that's no wonder you're no, not there no, anymore. No, excuse me, that's kind of all right. Yeah, you get a nice bad. win, go in and get a wash, and you're out. There's a pub upstairs. Ah, so what would happen was a few of the boys that would they'd come down and watch the games, but they'd go up. You could they, there was a have you ever been to Everground? The big glass nope. right? So there's a big glass window top to bottom of the window and there's tables there the boys used to plank down scoop away and watch the game nice one so where's the overview is that in Crumble? yeah ah yeah no yeah, yeah. No, so I haven't been there yeah, um, it's a lovely pitch <laughs> division 3A actually is getting very interesting in the AUL and I'm only bringing this up because not much else happens <laughs> <laughs> no other leagues played on Saturday um, there was two cup games were they on Astro? Um, I don't know to be honest I don't know Oh yeah, it was. One was in Grange Gorman all weather, and one was a Whitehall Sports Ground. But um, Division Three A is getting very, very interesting. So we've got a joint lead at the top: Crinian Strand and Kingswood Castle. Both played five, both won four, both drew one, both lost none. There's one goal in the difference between them, and they're both on thirteen points. Very interesting that table. Oh, there he is, talking about Kingswood again. I like. <laughs> Sorry, look, they're new Tally United. What can you do? I just ask moved me, league. Ask me to be <laughs> <laughs> The rest of it's a load of futsal, <laughs> which is great. Do you know, we could do that. We could play summer leagues, guys, and have fut- futsal leagues in the winter. In the winter. Look. And everyone wins. Look, there we go. Put me on that new FAI board now after that that <coughs> thing. Here that the inquest went to the, went to the Garda today, so. I don't care. It'll be swept under that big, lovely rug. What can you do about it? Um, so that's pretty much from the AUL. There's nothing overly exciting happening at the moment. You'll find the most on Twitter anyway. They're class on Twitter, so you'll find it there. But what I've done this week is I've gone to a couple of clubs who have been atting us on Twitter who have been commenting and engaging. I've picked picked a few of them and I'm just going to give you a bit of news about them. So, Clontarf have gone and got Pieta House on the back of their tops. So they're still keeping their sponsors on the front. Well done. And, um, which is class, fair play to them. And mm-hmm. they just they said it's a topic that affects everyone, which it is. So fair play to them putting Pieta House on their tops. I think that's cool. If a lot of teams done that, it would be 
it'd be nice and it's the first one I've seen at this level so fair play to them um, their Premier Sunday team lost 3-0 to hold Celtic the weekend and their next game is away to Valley Park on Sunday at 11 o'clock on Plunkett Avenue in Finglas and next we're going to move on to Rosemount and their head of women's football Maggie Doyle just got her UAPB licence so fair play to her that's, that's class for the club as well they've got someone with that level teaching the girls football Um. They got their pitch wrecked the whole last week. Have you seen the car out on the pitch doing handbreakers all over the place? It was in bits. Yeah, absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, it's shocking. And it looks like it was intentional by the photos anyway because the car came I'd out, torn, and then back onto the pitch. I'd love if uh, I'd love if they got caught. I think or they got caught on CCTV. Really? Yeah, so I hope they find out who it is. Yeah, no, I'd like... I'd, at least, you'd, like, if you... I'd say it's worse if it happens to you and you'd never know or you never imagine, find out who it was. Imagine it was a... Uh, an opposition team who didn't want to play them. Yeah. I, I'd imagine, right? Like, no, imagine ga- that. Ga- no, but I'd imagine going like, back 30 years, I'd imagine something like that's happened. Like, <laughs> where some bloke has gone out with a shovel. Ah. Do you know what I mean? And just went, they're missing six players. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Six lads on a stags and that. Yeah, man's like, oh, fuck Or this. faking a death or something. And no, whatever, no. Fernando! <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't go six foot now without a GoPro picking you up anywhere in this country. <laughs> he's not <laughs> hold on, he's not building a grave, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really dead. So uh, <laughs> to to counter that and to get funds for the club to do uh, bikepacking in their local Tesco's, which was probably maybe Dundrun Shopping Centre. I don't know, but it didn't, was, yeah. didn't the opportunist, the photo opportunist himself, Mister Photo Bomber Shane Ross, rock up? So fair play to him for turning up after all the grief they had with the council, and they've obviously gotten over that and moved on and. Shane Shane popped up for the um the full opportunity because Katie Taylor was busy. He just loves <laughs> he loves getting his head in, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. He does like, oh. Come here. They were if I'm right, they were fundraising so they could book Astros. I think. Yeah, yeah that's it. So they were trying. So they could. They, obviously, the pitch wasn't going to be playable. So they were trying to book an Astro or a couple of Astros for um, yeah. the next few weekends so they could get games on. That right? It is. It's the cost. The cost is mad money. It does cost a lot of money to do that stuff. So I'm going to move on to other teams that were talking to us this week. Next is CYM Beachwood, and I tried to get a bit of information on them, but they haven't used their Twitter since July 2018. So get on that, lads. <laughs> That's not great at all. Like, but um, their Saturday side are away to Dunboy in the weekend, and their Sunday side are home to Ballyfermot. And I'll get some. Uh, I'll get some information on them next week if they decide to use the internet. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to. Black Rock AFC. We had a little bit about them Absolutely earlier. Absolutely sending it. <laughs> Arc bar. I'm saying they're going to get some serious stick over that the whole season, even though they had absolutely nothing to do with it. It's just a bit of a disaster. But they had a, they had a fundraiser, a pub quiz, and there was 200 people at it. It was a race for the Kosa Movie Cup. <laughs> was many the, people at it? Was, 200. It was the welcome home party. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so their thirds are away to Frankfurt. Every team's away in Blackrock this weekend. So they're having I don't know what the story is. The third, third team are away to Frankfurt in the UCFL at eleven a.m. Second team are away to Esker in the LSL at two p.m. And the first team are away to Kildrum Tigers at half one on Sunday. Um, moving on then to Eden Derry, their Sunday Premier team are six points are sixth, but they're seven points off top with a game in hand. So a win for them the weekend would be fairly interesting. And their Sunday Division 3 side are mid-table and Confey FC are top in that league. So, interesting season for a lot of clubs. And that's all my notes. I'm going to come next week with a few other teams that are talking about us and at us and come with some random news about them. Send them in. Send your questions in. Send yep. everything in. And even if you want to give out about us, sure, send it in. <laughs> yeah. 
We don't care. We welcome criticism. We do, yeah. Just don't at me because I'd be sad. It, yeah, actually, <laughs> he can't handle it. We hate it. Absolutely hate it. No. So, a recap. We've talked about the Christmas appeal. Uh, so, if anyone wants to help out, yeah. Um, we've talked UCFL, AUL, LSL. And we talked about that deadly podcast we had with um, James Claffey. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and have a listen. It's must have been one of our top ones, was it? It's getting there. It's it's grown to one of the top episodes. And if I understood how analytics work, I might be able to give you facts <laughs> and figures. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. Um, well, well, here's we'll, a, here's we'll send a, that to Hearts. Here's something. <laughs> yeah. Here's something for you guys. Yeah. Would you like to have a sports psychologist in your club? I would. You I would. Okay. But it depends where I'm playing my football. Because okay. at the minute, a transport, no. I think okay. it'd be a waste. Yeah. Well, but it's a certain level that you'd need yeah. a sports psychologist, yeah. correct? Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I think, I think intermediate teams, yeah. Hearts are probably out there looking for one. <laughs> yeah. They could be looking at that side of things. Again, they I think it's something... already have one, but he might not be able to tell us. Yeah, mm. true, yeah. I think it's something that... I think it's something that you need to keep up. Yeah. I don't think it's something... No, that's... I don't think it's something that you'd get in as a once-off. I think it's something yeah. that you need to keep up. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's a, a big, long episode. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks very very much for listening. If you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, please Just do. Look. We're trying to hit that thousand. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, try and get at us at the at Mixer Podcast. Same on the Facebook that we're working on building up. If you're interested in sending in a match report or getting in touch, having us come out to you in your games, please do get in touch. We'd be happy enough to come. I would as long as it's not raining anyway. Don't know about the rest of the lads. We'll see how it goes. And that was the thing. Eric was to go out to the VC games. but It was called off. Called off. Actually, that was what I meant to talk about. The, the Rosemont VEC game, that's meant to go ahead on Astro now on Saturday. It's They're talking about a 4pm kickoff, but they could move forward. They're going to keep us updated. So if it's in any kind of reasonable waking hours and not 4 o'clock on a Saturday, I'll go out and have a chat with both teams. And I'm actually looking forward to that game because they're two decent sides. Yeah. So with that, we're going to leave you. And until next week, all the best. This is an appeal for Our Lady's Children's Hospital. Each year, many children are in hospital over the holidays. You can help make their stay that little bit easier. You can find a list of toys to donate on the Crumlin United Facebook page and the Bluebell United Instagram account. Also, for €100, you can have a special gift hand-delivered to a sick child by Santa Claus. Please get in touch. Thank you for your support.